0: I'm a grown-up, so it's really hard for something about space vampires to scare me. Uh, (laughs) And I'm just like,
1: uh... What? (laughs) I mean...
0: the warden heard and perceived as the voice of God to make his cage to put Henry B in Well, the preacher father (laughs) made his own cage in the house that Sissy Spacek was living in in the other version of Castle Rock and if you're not fucking confused by now you just hold fucking on because I'm going to confuse the shit out of you wait wait what On the air, welcome to Long Walk Short Drink, episode 56. This is Palmer podcasting to you from Dayton, Ohio.
2: And this is Dave talking to you from Northfield, Minnesota. Don't you know.
0: (laughs) It is, this is being recorded on Wednesday, October 17th, live, if you're joining us on our YouTube channel, Uh, If you're hearing this, you're probably hearing this on October the 24th. If you got this on our podcast episode, Um, this is the -er (laughs) Halloweener special 2018. The -er. Halloweener. I did not mean hot dogs at all when I titled that the -er, (laughs) Halloweener literal wieners uh, like our wieners.
2: Oh, sure. Yes. Oh, now I'm catching on. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Uh, The wheels turn slow on here. (laughs) But it, of course, led, you know, Dave is an honorary fat kid and I am a fat kid. (laughs) So when we were discussing the title, we started talking about hot dogs. So he was like, we should just start because this is good shit.
2: (laughs) Yeah. It's like I got things to say about
0: hot dogs. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so... Um I and I and what led to that was I was raised on Eckridge all meat hot dogs so they contain chicken uh beef and pork all in the <laughs> same hot dog. So when
2: they say all meat they mean all of the meats.
1: <laughs>
0: instead yeah. Of like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> because my mom did not like
2: all beef hot
0: dogs because they have an actual texture to them. Uh, These Eckridge all-meat hot dogs were like, like I was explaining to Dave, they were little mini bolognese. They tasted like bologna. They looked like bologna. They had the mushy texture of bologna. And that's the only hot dogs I ate growing up. That's it. And it wasn't until my adult discovered Nathan's and Hebrew International hot dogs, which are like what it, what was were what monumentally better hot
2: dogs. That's like, right. Yeah, <laughs> that's when I was like, we got to start because he said monumentally, in the passion with which he said they are monumentally this, better, hot monumentally, dogs. monumentally
0: <laughs> like a Nathan's hot dog when you bite it, it has that like snap that oh, a hot dog should have. You know what I mean? Like, I was going
2: to ask if you're a snap guy because I'm a total non snap guy, but you I know like people. Snap? Are, no, I oh. think I might like the baloney. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, you no, that's that is such shit. You need like a hot dog should have a s like a little like so Nathan's doesn't have a skin on it, so it doesn't have a true snap. But there is a, a beefy texture when you bite it. That's what she said. And uh um same with Hebrew International beef all beef franks. They have a there is a texture to it when you when you bite into it. Uh and man... Yeah, I'm just so pissed that I spent so like I cuz I got that I was so grossed out by the time I became an adult by Eckridge hot dogs that I did not eat hot dogs for the longest time and it and it's only in my 30s I felt like I feel like that I like rediscovered like wait, there's actual good quality hot dogs that have a good flavor to them and like a good texture and are man I get a whole pack of Nathan's hot dogs that are that fucking good. Like, have you like have you ever gotten Nathan's hot dogs before? Like, I
2: have, yeah. I actually have never successfully gotten hot dogs at home and prepared them such that I like them as much as I like them when I get them out and about, like usually at a sporting event or something. In fact, I I like um, my favorite is to get hot dogs at the at a at a nearby like. Well, I am trying to think like how to make sure not to give too much away, but basically like. The bride has come to really like going to student hockey games cuz she has she encounters some of these uh, players and stuff and um I don't really care about any sports <laughs> but <laughs> I'll <laughs> I'll go Same. along and uh, Same. and I've I I really a couple times enjoyed the hot dogs like quite a lot and I realize so that's the joke is that like I go for the hot dogs and I stay for the hockey um but I like it, it's so disgusting I well, I acknowledge it's disgusting, but I love it. And <laughs> it's basically like if they give me they give me the hot dog and it's in a like a foil wrap and then the bun gets soggy and then it's not too oh, yeah. hot to eat and then it's just like a magical thing. Um, it's so, like
0: steamed. It's like steamy. Yeah, and like, yeah. So um, I don't know if you shop no at
2: Costco. No, no snaps. No, no snap for me, but that's all right if we were um, in the apocalypse you would get the snap snappy hot dogs and the cannibalized you can have the snappy hot dogs and all that much you want uh uh
0: if you if you ever shop at Costco and i don't even think that you need a membership to go to their little food court that they have at the front of the Costco like they'll let you in and you can just sh- like get the food court there oh for $1.50 you can get a quarter pound hot dog that's no joke like that is a that is a wiener like that's a <laughs> that's a good hot dog and a soda for $1.49 wow but the trick is don't eat you know, wow that's a vine reference <laughs> wow. there My, ash and i are like right. <laughs> uh, uh, and there's, and there's wow. a uh, yeah a wilson <laughs> a wilson, a wilson wow uh you can't eat the hot dog there you take it put your condiments on it and wrap it back up in the foil and then drive home
2: mm, yes and
0: it will do that that magical like steaming thing with the bun where the bun and the hot dog all becomes this like one perfect thing and like yes yeah i know exactly i'll eat a bologna hot dog for that like a no snap hot dog for that
2: yeah that's a that's different good. thing right so with yeah. your snap hot dog you like like a, a fresh non-soggy bun kind of situation yeah,
0: the best honest to god the best hot dog ever 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 um I i did not go to ou for college. I did go to OU to party a lot. <laughs> um and so in Athens there is this hot dog place called Obedi's Um and they have all these all of the hot dogs are named after burlesque strippers. Um and like the, when you go inside I I used to think it was just this little Cause I only ever went there after the bars closed. And so it was this little window that you walked up to and you ordered your hot dogs and your fries and all that stuff. And then, uh, they would hand it out of the same window and you would just eat your hot dogs and your fries, like a drunk idiot on the street. Um, they have an actual sit down thing. If you go during the day and it's all, it's all, um, uh, decorated in these burlesque strippers uh pictures of these burlesque strippers but the hot dogs like I I I was like where do you get these hot dogs and they're like it's this we went and searched around for the best hot dog and this is a place out of Cleveland that and they 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 are true snap like they have a casing on them mm-hmm. uh when you when you bite them and uh Jesus Christ they are the best hot like I want to just like fly you to Athens now. So that we, I can be like, this is, tell me you don't like fucking snap hot dogs after (laughs) eating these hot dogs. They're so good. Um,
2: Maybe I haven't had the right one. That's that's plenty possible.
0: Uh, We just, uh, we still every now and then we will do uh, hot dog roll ups or pigs in a blanket or like you take, you take your hot dog and then you slice it down the middle and you put a like a craft single in the slice.
2: Oh, no, this is new. Go on. And yeah. Then, <laughs>
0: and then you take a crescent roll, like a can of Pillsbury crescent rolls. Yeah. And then you roll that with the cheese and the hot dog up in the crescent roll. And then you bake those. And I'm going to tell you what, like, get your Nathan's hot dogs and do that whole setup. You you only eat it like once every nine months because there's nothing good about that. There's <laughs> no. no like no goodness about that meal. It's a total comfort food meal. Yeah, but man, I'm I'm like I'm salivating right now just thinking about like Nathan's crescent dogs. Like,
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, the yeah. the introduction of the cheese, the sliced cheese to that is what was new, and the cutting of the dog. So I guess that it'll roll up more e- evenly. Oh no, like you just put a little.
0: You just cut a little slit. To pack the cheese into.
2: Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Like okay.
0: so when growing up, we did it with Eckridge. Uh, and it, instead of we never bought craft singles, we always had a block of Velveeta. Mm-hmm. Uh Ooh, th- those yeah. were our craft singles. And so like it was a slice of Velveeta, like folded up and packed down into that slit that you make. You don't cut it all the way through. I
2: see. Okay. And
0: you don't okay. cut it end to end. You just cut it. You cut it as the widest part just under the widest part of the crescent roll because you want to cover up that cut with the wide part of the crescent roll. Otherwise, your cheese runs out everywhere.
2: Oh, yes. I like it. Yeah, so
0: like you got like, oh, man, now I want to make you crescent dogs. I want to do it. (laughs) So then you do that. Then you roll it all up and you bake it until the crescent rolls are done. And then you have these like, oh, my God, man. (laughs) Uh, it but with Nathan, like you do that with nathan's hot dogs or hebrew international hot dogs yeah. you'll never go back to those mushy hot dogs again like you'll never go I, back
2: i do like both of those two um maybe i've had i probably at home had hebrew more than nathan's i like them i just can never like prepare them in the way that i but now i'm getting some tips this is gonna help
0: well don't well how do you normally prepare your hot dogs at home
2: well, sometimes boil in water. Sometimes uh, we used to have a one of those foremen, so it was kind of quasi grill. Yeah, uh, but not really broiler
0: all day long, dude. Broiler, like broiler in the oven. Yeah,
2: in the oven. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's you, I can can't. If you
0: boil, cold. you're gonna boil out all that good flavor. Like mm-hmm. that's the other. That was the other thing. Like my mom would only she would only boil the Eckridge hot dogs, and she'd boil them till they were dead. Like they would almost burst. You yeah. Know, yeah. So it. then you were just eating like I, I don't know, like like baloney sponges, like oh oh, oh. gross me out. <laughs> or or oh, air fryer dogs. That's a good idea. Moto and air
2: fryer dogs oh, are. Oh yeah, yeah. They probably have one of those good. there. Oh, I have to try that air fryer. Um, when we were growing up, Moto and I in the same house. The the hot dog. Is your <laughs> that's the thing with would would the I think it's ball park probably but always oh, yeah. cheese was in it like it, you pre so it was like cheese you dogs, would cut it in yeah. half and you'd see like these holes of cheese or like these circles tiny yep. circles of cheese
0: I oh, do like a, a cheese dog Nathan's makes a cheese dog too that's like a mind blower
2: like <laughs> <laughs> what about toppings what do you do for your toppings for hot dogs
0: um if it's a good enough hot dog um, I don't need any uh, good bun and yeah and the hot dog. Absolutely. Um,
2: I am I'm, I'm right there with you.
0: Yeah. Uh if I but if I were like you put a gun to my head and were like,
2: pick a fucking topping to put on
0: your hot dog. Um mustard, like a Those good like spicy mustard. <laughs>
1: uh
0: yeah. <laughs> I don't know who would ever do that. I would do that to somebody. <laughs> pick a fucking <laughs> topping. Put uh, that in the cannibalized. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe when he's making him eat somebody for the first time like you
1: put oh, a fucking topping to put on there
0: yeah uh, maybe, maybe making me do that like <laughs> like I don't want it! No! <laughs> I can put a fucking topping on it
1: <laughs> oh shit that'd be great oh man
2: Uh you were starting to say <laughs> mustard <laughs>
0: Uh spicy mustard. Like I I like a good spicy mustard or um there's this like German mustard, it comes in the round squeeze thing, if you've ever seen those. Um that's like horseradishy spicy, like makes it hits you just like wasabi, but it's super it's like honey mustard, but with wasabi in it. It Oh, is it good? It does sound good.
2: Um,
0: yeah, so I like a good spicy mustard on my hot dog i just recently got into this ketchup kick where i'm i just like can't get enough ketchup and and that's i never like ketchup all my life
2: huh i i uh yeah i would do the same yeah maybe some ketchup i i read this book when when i was reading um trying out these various fad type (laughs) fitness things and whatever oh it was the why we get fat and what to do about it it's not really a diet book but it's um you know, it's some philosophies about that kind of thing. And then at the end, it does say, like, these are some, you know, there's not a diet, but these are things to would be okay to eat, blah, blah, blah. But it said under no circumstances eat ketchup. No, it's like <laughs> all sugar.
0: Like, oh. It's all sugar.
2: Um, but then I do see now, like, even Heinz has, like, a or uh, all organic ketchup right? or something to where if you look at the ingredients, it's not crazy things. It's just, yeah. so sometimes I'll have that. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: so, Wienerific Halloweener
0: special. <laughs> yes. There's their hot dog talk.
2: 15 minutes on hot dogs. I'm
0: Palmer, podcasting from Dayton, Ohio. Yeah. This is. This is
2: the- Welcome to the first episode of Wienerific with David Palmer. <laughs>
0: We're rebranding everything yeah. like hot, all hot dogs, all the time. Yeah. Oh, uh, shit. Yeah, come so, for the
2: hot dogs, stay for the conversation. But yeah, we were going to talk some some Halloween stuff this week, as this will be our this well, this our, will drop before Halloween, so you can enjoy it, uh, yeah, on or after. I want to say the twenty fourth. I don't know if that's right. Yeah,
0: no, the twenty fourth uh, is right. So a week yeah. from today, this will drop. We're recording it now on the seventeenth. It'll drop on the twenty fourth. Uh, because you are going to. Uh, just for those of, who did not listen to episode 55 yet, you're planning on dropping a special cut of your Crow documentary or the actual Crow, right? Or well, documentary. yeah,
2: it's um, it's mostly it's going to be clips from our show where we talk about. So if somehow this is your first podcast, I remade the comic The Crow, this very famous film. Uh, <laughs> action film Uh, as a teenager for like four years. My friend Jacko and I have made it. And um, anyway, so we've it's come up a lot on this podcast. So I'm going to take the tour. I think it's like three times we've talked at length from some vantage point or other about it. And so include those. And then there is this one like half hour sort of making of that's very narrated by interviews with Jacko and I in honor of the 20th anniversary of finishing that project or the main version of that project that i would (laughs) yeah the picture hasn't changed since 1998 um so yeah we'll put that out on halloween and it can be a one-stop kind of go-to for something that's brought up often on this show
0: and we're still going to try to do because we'll need something then for the seventh so we're going to try to record off of live a recording with a we're going to try to get cabin kid logan in for actual like episode 57 that will drop on the 7th then uh, is that right? Is that the timing? The right timing? I think so.
2: Uh, yeah, I think so. I was just looking. Um, Moto chimed in on the uh, on the chat about uh, Furious Light tour. The uh, but well, basically, he and I made an album together called The Furious Light, and then we went on tour with a with it for like a short run of dates. And every we were just all the talk was about eating hot dogs. <laughs> and we always ate hot dogs. <laughs> really? That's <Yeah>. awesome. <laughs> At least I oh did. Man. yeah. <laughs> oh maybe i'll post a, will post a. there's definitely hot dog pictures <laughs> i'll post a hashtag something with the uh with episode 55 of mode of me eating hot dogs i think everybody else all the other guys in the band had a, had a good choice to like i was basically just putting it in my mouth in a very unfortunate way because <laughs> i was like <laughs> i
0: was ready to eat that thing or fortunate depending yeah. on your perspective <laughs>
1: Yeah, some uh,
2: segments of our of our listenership, they really appreciate this picture, so feel free to Photoshop <laughs> things and tag me. Yeah,
0: Photoshop things, please, and tag me.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, goodness. Oh,
0: <laughs> so, <clears throat> yeah, so the Halloweener special uh, started off just right, talking about hot dogs, <laughs> Any actual wiener talk you want to do? How's your wiener? Is it a good?
2: Um, it's, it's doing all right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. <laughs> I got too shy. <laughs> <Just> got... <laughs> I got too shy. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> we been. This is episode fifty-six.
2: I'm just back from a fall break with the bride, and so I'm I'm feeling good. You oh, <laughs> we went on oh, a little trip.
0: <laughs> you freshing up the wife, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling. Feeling very you got, uh, you got satisfied. That, you got that weekend vacation sex crotch still going, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah do I have not showered yet today, so that's oh possible. yeah. Yeah, I guess I do.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. I know that sex crotch. That's a good sex crotch. Let's open these beverages, and then I want to hear about this. I want to hear about this uh, vacation. So, uh, long walkers, grab your beverage of choice.
2: I got a couple surly, three surly left over. All right, from my. On, uh, <laughs> on three
0: and three, awesome. Uh, so you guys, you guys did the uh Wisconsin thing,
2: you uh, yeah. Well, we say the Minnesota actually, Minnesota, it's just yeah. up north, Minnesota's a big state, I'm that, kind yeah. of in the middle. Um, but we were near, we went where we, we got like an. Airbnb place cabin type place with kind of secluded and uh, we've been doing this since we moved up here I think maybe maybe not that first year but she actually has uh, what they call a fall break as part of her job and so I just take a couple days vacation we take a long weekend take the pups up and uh, we were nearest this uh, Banning State Park and we went there a bunch and kind of hiked every day. I declared myself a hiker when we were out and doing <laughs> nice because, <this. laughs> um, the Brian actually professionally hiked, like took juvenile delinquents into like actually not too far from this area. We went on a little tour from where she worked, used to work at this camp that now doesn't exist anymore. And she was showing me like, Oh, this is where I used to do this or that. And so she, she is an experience. Like she took kids hiking in the badlands and like w- winter. <laughs> and so she's very good at all this. And, uh, we jokingly referred to me as an indoor boy around here. <laughs> um, but that's not entirely true, but it is true. I've never camped or anything like that. But for the last like almost, well, for the last like 11 months since I got this Fitbit in particular, I've walked like five miles most every day, you know, not yeah. all at once, but that's uh, something I really do enjoy uh, doing is, is just like walking, walking fast and stuff. And so I took to, and we walk the dogs and all this. And it's that uh, walking is a big part of my life these days so yeah we went every day to this state park and did this loop and walked by the um oh, i'm gonna i forget the right river but well, we'd take the dogs and even the older dog who's she's i don't even know how old teens we didn't know how old she was when we got her so i don't I, and i always underestimate and now i have no idea but um yeah we, we were running around these uh state trails and it was it was a lot of fun um that was kind of every day we ate and went to the state park and, and watched stuff <laughs> and That's other awesome. things. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Not too much to tell beyond that. <laughs> yeah.
0: You got any, uh, you want to, you want to open up a shit. The bride says we haven't done oh, one of those in a while.
2: Yeah. Talking about I the mean, bride. Let's yeah. Do that. Let's do that. She's had some gems. I, I didn't necessarily prepare one, but, uh, it won't take, but a, but a moment to get it up and run in here. Um, Oh sorry. I thought about that almost before. It's okay, I sprung it on I'm you. Starting. It's okay. But I'm excited to uh share some of these. <coughs> There's probably too many. I'll try to cherry pick. She was on fire here recently. <laughs> okay. Let me know if you've heard this one. Uh this right. is uh, so this is September eighth of this year. Uh we're leaving a sad excuse for a carnival. And she gets yeah. you heard that one? Uh, say it, though. seeing those stupid kids on the ferris wheel scream like a bunch of punks was worth the walk <laughs> 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 the, yeah we heard that one okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> yeah
2: this one i don't know if we heard before but i like it a lot um same day september 9th 2018 i say i really hate dickhead, dickhead drivers and then she goes you want me to fuck them up and i, go, and I say no that's all right she goes, and then she says the day you say yes to that will be the best day of my life and the worst day." <laughs> is that one well no she paused then she goes and the worst day of someone else's <laughs>
1: <laughs> i think
0: we heard that one too maybe not okay no but, i think um, we did hear that
2: one yeah it's very possible with the date um <laughs> okay well bride and i are big u2 fans we actually met at a u2 show and uh and so this one she's she monitors them playing um their current tour even now that we can't go see it and they're near they're in europe now and playing things that she's mad we didn't get to hear and she says uh on september 15th of this year if i went to a u2 show where they played all because of you instead of red flag day i would leave the show right then find the exit where they're most likely to leave the stage and i would shit right there <laughs>
0: I can't remember <laughs> if I if we heard that one or if I read that one.
2: That's right, because you can follow along uh, yeah. on Twitter as they as she says them, I tweet them out. So yeah. if you search "shit the bride says," the actual at is "shit dub bride says da" because it not enough characters. But then you'll see an avatar of a, a blonde-haired, blue-eyed lady with a samurai sword in front of her mouth. <laughs>
1: That's her. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hmm. um, okay, so her there's two her more sword quick is her ones. Kid, What's that? Her,
0: her true sword is her cutting wit.
2: Oh, that's right. And it is very, it's funny that it's over her mouth, I think, for yeah. what De Bruyne says. Uh, so, two more quick ones. This one on September 22nd, she says, um, I don't remember why she's asking me this, but she goes, What's the capital of Belgium? And I say, Brussels. And she was shocked that I knew, it, knew that. And she goes, You only, then she realized and says, You only know that because you want to do it with the muscles from Brussels. Let me see it, JC. Hope you don't give me VD. <laughs> oh, man. And then this was just five days ago, which I, it doesn't have a date, so I'm not sure. <laughs> but uh, um, she says... So I I get, try to tell a joke that doesn't land, and then I'm like, oh, tough couch. You're a tough broad. She goes, I am. And I, and I can't be talked down by some fat, old, bearded shithead. <laughs> and then... <laughs> i immediately <laughs> i immediately start typing so that i could like include it on the the twitter she goes whoa, whoa whoa, people are gonna think i'm talking about you and i'm not and then in parentheses in the tweet i definitely thought she was talking about me <laughs> Who was she talking about this guy she had a problem with uh through her job um she was still ruminating about it and so <laughs> she was referencing that and she showed me a picture of him he kind of I looks know, like he plays Santa Claus you, or something. You do. <laughs> I know. That's what I figured. <laughs> oh, I so like, there you go. <laughs> I know. I was like, yeah. that's harsh, but it's funny. So I was like, okay, here we go. <laughs> oh, but that's. Uh, I guess those are all not even of this month, but uh, yeah, that's kind of a good catch up for the for our podcast listeners. I know Twinkie was hoping for a batch last last episode and didn't get it. Twinkie, who's been uh, twitching. He's yeah. teaching live just last night. I didn't see last night, but I saw the first one. It was really fun.
0: Yeah, it's so awesome. Uh, it He twitches. So and it's a great um, concept. So for those of you long walk, short drinkers that uh, have heard Twinkie on the show and come to love him as much as we do, uh, he has been talking about and finally started his Twitch stream. And uh, his motivation for that is that he has trouble sleeping sometimes and he knows there's other people that have trouble sleeping. So he thought maybe this could be an outlet for them to because he twitches old games like he's been playing XCOM uh, on the last two streams and um, just giving people a place to like come and a positive place or positive something they can do. Uh, when they can't sleep. Uh, I hope Twinkie, I hope I'm representing that right. If not, come on the next episode and tell us all about it.
2: Uh, oh firsthand. yeah. Yes indeed. I was gonna yeah, Oh here we go. So I am on uh Twitch TV. If so you go to Twitch TV uh and then uh his his handle is Rocky M T A M. So just Twitch T V slash oh so, sorry switch.tv/rockymtam Twitch and then his twitch.tv right yeah we'll tweet it we'll tweet it out um and his uh his little his bio b- short bio is hello and welcome to rockymtam my name is well we we'll call him twinkie and i live in denver colorado i earn my living as an air traffic controller during the day and stream overnight i stream mostly strategy and rpg games old and new i will occasionally stream other content have guests etc my goal for the stream is to provide exposure to some great games, hopefully interesting conversation, and a friendly voice throughout the night. Then um, he gives a couple games in particular and, and finishes with, pull up a spot at the campfire, warm your hands, pour yourself a cup of coffee, and join the conversation. It's great to see you here. And his avatar is like a camp is like a campfire. Looks like it yeah. could be the one we had at the cabin.
0: Oh, uh, mm-hmm. it's so awesome. And uh, it's a little, <clears throat> well, I mean for those of you that don't know, like Twinkies on mountain that that he's on mountain time. So, uh, it starts at midnight Eastern time, which is past way past my bedtime. So, uh, I've been catching up on it after the fact, but it is fantastic. Uh, so if you're up and you don't, you didn't sell your soul like Palmer did and you can stay (laughs) up, uh, please check out Twinkie stream. Um, Sounds like he's really, really having fun with it and really doing a great job. So I'm looking forward to that continuing to grow. And he gives tons of long walk, short drink love uh, out there. Yeah. So,
2: yeah, that was really fun. I joined for the whole first one and I don't know shit about games, but I like this idea of like just listening to him narrate what he was doing. And that's kind of prime time for me, like when I'm working on projects. And so I wasn't working on anything with, uh, that I needed to pay close aural <laughs> attention to. So uh I was able to listen to him and I got like sucked in to the point where I went to leave to like go to the bathroom I was like, wait, <laughs> <I> was <laughs> like, how do I get this on my phone? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know, there's something something about that. It was really fun for me. Uh and uh yeah, and then the music for the game that he was playing that first game was so awesome. It was straight out of like a John Carpenter movie. I think it's going uh, to be available as a soundtrack coming. Soon, somewhere, and I'm gonna get it. (laughs) it That's awesome. But yeah, look him up. Twitch TV slash Rocky Mountain AM. Good stuff. Thank you. What about you? What have you been? uh, What have you been up to? You've been sick. You sound better than when we last. Yeah, I
0: um I still have sexy phlegm, which is good. (laughs) That's my middle school band name. Yeah, so my radio voice still sounds fantastic uh maybe when we if i get to reading some scary stories to tell in the dark later yes we Uh, gotta do that yeah uh so i'll have a good voice for that um been fucking sick and uh ash and i had a date night last week uh on wednesday actually um so the theater i think i've said this before but the theater chain around us they they're so saturated that on Tuesdays they have half price night at one of them. And then <clears throat> like 10 minutes down the highway, there's another one. So they can't do Tuesdays for both of them. So they do Wednesday for the other one. And uh so we went and saw a star is born. Uh, oh with, yeah. I've with uh, Bradley Cooper that. and yeah. uh, Lady Gaga. And I had no idea. Like that's like the fourth time that's movie that movie's been made. Did you know that?
2: I was yeah I was vaguely aware of the it, various versions over the years.
0: Yeah, and so uh, I had no idea, and uh, I was totally blown away uh, with it.
2: Wow, uh, both that's with, great
0: w- with Bradley Cooper. Uh, he's just a fantastic actor. Uh, well, I fell in love with him in the Hangover series, of course. Uh, that's where that's really where I remember him really shining. He was the first time I remember seeing him was in Wedding Crashers. He plays like the <laughs> yeah. dick boyfriend. That's right. And yeah. uh, same thing with Ben Affleck. Like he played a dick so well, I fucking hated him. Like, <laughs> I'm like, that guy's just a dick. And uh <laughs> Then the Hangover trilogy, or the Hangover movies came out, the first one especially, and he was just really awesome in that. But then when he made those two movies with Jennifer Lawrence, like they came out like two Decembers in a row. There was... Um,
2: Silver Linings Playbook. That's yeah. one of my favorites. I fucking love that movie. So
0: fantastic. And then I forget what the other one that they did together was. Ugh, it was like the same yeah. director.
2: Yeah. But actually, I
0: went and saw that. Um, let me see if I can bring it up.
2: I'm blanking uh, on it. I think Christian Bale was in it too. It was kind of a period piece in the seventies. I can think of everything but the title, it seems.
0: Uh let's see here.
2: Oh yeah, I'm completely blanking on it.
0: Shit. <laughs> it was like it was her, it was Brad it was the director, her, and Bradley Cooper all back from Silver Line. Like they did yeah. Silver Line's playbook and then they came back.
2: And then Jennifer Lawrence went on to do the movie Joy with him. What's this one called? Fuck. <laughs>
0: playbook. See, this is the like, this is so you go to the one you know. Character. Yeah. Then you go to that director it's who David is David o. Russell, Russell, right? Russell. I
2: heard. And Huckabee. then you look at, <clears throat>
0: yeah, American Hustle. Ah, oh, yeah. Is that one? Damn. Is that one it? Which that one was fantastic too. Now, I did not see Joy. I haven't seen Joy, but that brings back uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Bradley Cooper and um,
2: oh yeah, I forgot he was in that. He sure is, yeah. And David O. Russell,
0: who's uh, and Robert De Niro is in that again too. who was oh, also in *Silver yeah. Linings Playbook*. Yeah. So like, love him. He's just a great actor. And like he, if I so I knew that the uh, Barbara Streisand slash was
2: it Chris Christopherson? Yeah, Chris making Christopherson. An... Okay.
0: That's it. Uh version of I knew that they were in a movie together and somehow for some reason I did not piece together that it was just a retelling of this in hindsight he really kind of tried to pull that chris christofferson version of that character
2: oh yeah um, when when i saw the preview recently on on tv i was like Oh my God! It sounds like he watched every Chris Christopherson and Sam Elliott movie, and then just try to synthesize that vibe. And what's
0: <laughs> funny is Sam Elliott is his is his brother in this movie. His brother? Yeah. And, He's like three and times his point, old brother. Yeah. <laughs> they explain that there's they um we watch, Ash and I watched this awesome breakdown that compared all four versions of this movie. Um, Oh, cool. Comparison of them. If I can find that, I'll, I'll tweet it out or put it on the spreadsheet at least uh, where they compare all of them. And the, and the lady that is doing the the essay, the video essay is like, this is the most flushed out version of this character. Like Bradley Cooper's version is the most that he has the most backstory. They spend more where all the other versions really are about the girl. And how and her rise to fame this one is really about Bradley Cooper and like him dealing oh, okay. with her rise to fame and so they get they explain all of that but there's this really great there's this really great scene where Sam Elliott and Bradley Cooper get in a fight and he's like if you if you hate me so fucking much then why'd you steal my voice like and he says it he like he says
2: that he says get that <laughs> That oh, makes uh, you so happy. Yeah. Just and, uh, acknowledge it.
0: And to hear <laughs> Sam Elliott say it in, in his voice to Bradley Cooper, <laughs> who was doing this version of his voice, like, and that they, they had the balls. I mean, this is not a meta movie. They're not making fun of it. It's not making fun of itself as a movie. But that was a really big risk to kind of like jab at like Bradley Cooper's. It, it, yeah. He does not. You're right. He does not sound like Bradley Cooper in it at all. Right.
2: Yeah. And like um, Moto chimed in on the chat here said that uh in his research, Bradley Cooper's research for the role, he he spent time with Eddie Vedder to get the oh, rock star. That's
0: vibe. so awesome. <laughs> and another long, long, short drink connection. The band that he plays with in that movie is Willie Nelson's son's band. Like oh cool because they because Bradley Cooper directed it so this is I'm pretty sure his directorial his first, debut yeah. and uh, they asked him well who do you want to cast for your band and he's like what do you mean cast They're like well what actors do you want to be in your band and he's like I'm gonna cast a fucking band like I want a <laughs> band to be my band yeah. and so they had already had Willie Nelson's sons band there to kind of help him flush out the the few songs for the movie. And so he was just like, it was a no brainer. We'll just, we'll just hire them to be my band. And uh, so it's, it's great. Cause you can see him playing with Willie Nelson's son and singing with him and everything. Um, but we were absolutely blown away with Lady Gaga's performance. Like she, I, don't, I, I mean, she does scenes with Bradley Cooper and Andrew Dice clay
2: Andrew Dice Clay, isn't it? An old
0: Andrew Dice Clay, an old lazy-eyed Andrew Dice Clay, like is he like, like a music
2: t- manager or something or a road, road she, manager. He's
0: he's her dad.
2: Oh, okay.
0: Okay. And, <clears throat> and uh there's one scene where he's the dice. There's this like where he like gets to pull the dice out just a little bit. Uh but the rest of it he's just like this caring dad you know and i was trying to explain to ash i was like i can't believe first off how old andrew dice clay looks and second off like how how great of a he was just this awesome dad you know in the movie and uh and she's like yeah and i was like i remember being a kid and seeing his stand up on hbo and then i started doing his like nursery rhymes <laughs> You know, and like, oh, like, as he does that. And like, she's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you've never seen any Andrew Dice Clay stand up. So then we came home after that movie and watched Andrew Dice t- Clay telling nursery rhymes that his version of nursery rhymes on <laughs> I YouTube. I want to check
2: that out. It is like, <laughs> it's so not the kind of thing that would ever happen today. <laughs> no, <laughs> That's a, no. He, he still does, I think, like stand up comedy, but I think it's kind of a different thing. The last yeah. I heard. He was talking about like going to Staples as being the, he's like, I'm the fucking dice man. He's like, Hey, talking about his kids, like in the park and he brings like, he schleps all this biking gear and go to the park and then they play in the jungle gym. And he's like, Hey, what about the bike? (laughs) Uh, I I like it.
0: I like (laughs) it. Went to the cupboard to get her poor dog a bone. And when she bent over, Rover took over. Oh, like I'm doing I do that, that driving like... down the road. But yeah. And I'm like doing the thing with the, the cigarette, cigarette and like, and she's like, what are you talking? I'm like, this is, that- he built, he built a career on that. Like,
2: Oh yeah. He played like Madison Square Garden. Wasn't that? I think he, he had like untold. No- he was like the Dane cook of his time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kevin but- Hart, I suppose. Yeah. Um,
0: And, but it just, I'm like, it just blew me away. We were really impressed with the movie. It was really well done, really well made, really well performed, heartbreaking. If you know, if you know any of the other versions of that story, you know how it essentially ends.
2: I have not seen any of those. And I've heard, I heard, you know, the weirdest thing is where I'd heard of this movie that piqued my interest was Sean Penn was on WTF, the podcast, and he was talking about he had written a book and he was just kind of not really saying anything kind about movies or acting or anything like that. Except for he's like, I saw this movie my friend Bradley Cooper made, A Star is Born. He's like, It's goddamn brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> that was the only movie he had anything nice to say about is I was like, What? <laughs> that sounds so strange, but it it the only thing
0: I, I mean it's So the whole without giving too much away. The whole premise of the movie is this established star. In the first two versions, it deals with movie stars, like actors and actresses.
2: Oh, I didn't know that the then, oh, uh, but uh, then Barbara that's
0: Streisand that's right. and the Chris Christopherson is what, what started the musician route. And then this the Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga version is still it maintains that music route. Um but they're it's basically this established person who is like at the has has peaked in their career and is on the downward swing and is struggling with addiction problems. Stumbles across this budding talent and uses their remaining bit of leverage to help kickstart their career basically and then them dealing with this person that they feel they discovered becoming a bigger star than them hmm. and then how their problems in life start to affect that new star. And there's love. There's usually love involved. There is love involved in all the versions of the stories and they end up marrying each other and all this stuff. So, so Lady Gaga is this like small, he finds her in this, um, in a drag show, basically. Where she <laughs> is singing in a drag show. He just stopped in at this bar because he ran out of alcohol, and so he uh, wanted to get a drink. And just like circumstance puts them together, and they spend this first night together, and then d- not doing anything but just talking about her music and having her sing and all this stuff, and it slowly, in the course of the movie, she goes from that. Like a nobody singing in a in a drag show to winning a Grammy. And I'm just like uh, what
1: <laughs>
0: I mean. I got plenty of friends that were have worked really fucking hard, really hard, you know, and like uh, <laughs> I know she's Lady Gaga in real life, but so it's a, there's a little bit of suspension of disbelief you need to have, I think.
2: I, I'm interested. The The bride and I have been talking about uh, going to the movies and that was, we didn't end up going when that was on the table, that or the okay Corral? No. What's that? It's got
0: oh, a
2: the,
0: great uh, cast. yeah. The one, the new one with, um, Bunch with the
2: dude in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. The when one. we were on, uh, fall break, they had, I, we packed movies and stuff, but we got there and they had these binders of DVDs. And I was like, whoa. So I'm flipping through. And so I ended up watching like the first half of The Big Lebowski. I watched singles twice, kind of <laughs> <laughs> <Not yet>. <laughs> <laughs> from 1992. Let me think of it when, uh, going have mentioned Eddie Vedder, who's he and Pearl Jam play the backing band in that group for uh, for uh, Matt Dillon's character. You you found the Bad Times
0: at El Royale. Yes, okay. But, uh, and I do yeah. want to see that.
2: Yeah, I'll see that eventually, and I, I'm sure we will. A Star is Born, but I think what what we're gonna go see soon is the um, Halloween. The she's down to see that remake or not remake the the sequel that we I- watched the trailer for.
0: Yeah, I can't wait to see that. I, I want to actually watch the original Halloween because th- this is supposed to be a direct sequel to that first Halloween. Yeah. And it discards all the other sequels. Um, So I want to watch the first, the original one. And then um, Ash obviously isn't going to go see it with me because she doesn't like scary movies. Uh, But I'm going to take uh, my neighbor, I think. Oh, so cool. go see it with me. So um, we'll... We'll go check that. I I mean I have to see it. I, John Carpenter comes back to score it and like it's really? written by oh, bust ass. That. Like
2: that's so great. I'm I pretty sure that. he
0: I'm I'm pretty sure he did. Hang on. Let me let me be I have a couple corrections to make too. So my oh. cat's name is like Mika. It's named after Meek not Mika Kelly. There is a Minka Kelly who is a model. Mika Majinski, I think is her name. Actual oh, name. Okay. And then there was another one where I'm like, "You fucking idiot, you knew what you were talking about and you still biffed it." I can't remember. Uh, but but Bust-Ass wrote this Halloween movie and if yeah. John Parker comes back to score it, like um
2: Look at that. I, I just want to give a quick shout out to these two other movies I saw. I just not really need to talk about them. We uh, we watched 8th Grade. Directed by, written and directed by Bo Burnham. Oh, how was that? It was I amazing. Kind of devastating because you know I'm an eighth grade girl at heart, and I was, <laughs> yeah, saying throughout though, I'm like, this is all of us. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was a little um, altered, and I couldn't handle it at times. I was like, I can't fucking deal with this, because <laughs> like the kids are, at least the girl. I've been curious about this. If she, how old she is, they seem age appropriate. And it all is just like so I can't because sometimes I think about like how hard it would be to be a kid now. And this makes it it kind of takes you through it. So it's really great. And it is funny. I think they call it a comedy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I definitely recommend it. It was it was very good. And then we watched Clue. I've never seen Clue. Oh
0: oh and my that was delightful oh man the tim curry clue like yes oh. that tim curry clue like when he like,
2: reenacted the whole thing i couldn't believe how amazing yeah. it
0: was yeah no but. that that movie is fantastic that has a yeah. huge cult following that was also a palmer's pick um it was oh i'm gonna have to i'm be
2: very interested do you remember who brought it on
0: uh yeah beep that out obviously oh. but that's who brought it on nice. she brought like she brought like Seven Brides for Seven Brothers and Clue and I Rocky Horror. And Rocky Horror. Yeah. 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 Um, So I'm looking at the IMDb and it says music by Cody Carpenter, John Carpenter. So their oh, father's I son. This kid like he tours with. Yeah. So and funny. Daniel A. Davies. So, I mean, I like and didn't know Bustass had some kind of writing credit on this. Like, yeah. Well,
2: it's his there, buddy. It's the guy that made all the real girls. David Gordon Green. That's directing this remake. Yeah. So yeah. they've been buddies so, since film school.
0: So um I I'm uh I, I it like sold. sold, 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 sold. All the way down. Like Jamie Lee Curtis being a badass, like she's almost like an Ellen Ripley in this movie, and like all those things. So uh yeah.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out too. Uh very soon, I think, hopefully.
0: Um well and speaking of eighth, eighth grade, I uh <laughs> I, I think this might be the closest thing to a Palmer's pleasure I would have. Uh, I recently, so uh, on Netflix is a show called Big Mouth, um, which Nick Cross and a bunch of prominent comedians are in this show. So let me bring up the IMDb.
2: Nick Kroll, John Mulaney. Oh, yeah. I saw John Mullaney ho- I wouldn't I knew that name but I couldn't put a face to it till I saw him host Saturday Night Live. <laughs> he was really old-fashioned in his uh like appearance. Conduct. Yeah, yeah, and in his manner and he kind of did, you know, like when they have stand-ups on, sometimes it, the opening monologue is a little bit like their stand-up routine. <laughs> it was just I don't know, it was very unexpectedly like refreshing. Even so, it seemed like from another time, but it was so charming.
0: Anyway. So Nick Kroll, John Mullaney, uh, Jesse Klein, uh Jason
2: Manzukas. Oh yeah, I like I like him from uh, that podcast. How did this get made? That's on my favorite podcast. That's very. Um, fun. Fred Armisen is in
0: there. Yeah. Jordan Peele is in well, there. Shit. <laughs> Maya Rudolph. Uh, it, it so in this it's adult comics voicing kids who are going through puberty. That's the and the and the show takes place and so they have these it's it's uh, it's filthy i mean (laughs) filthy 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 filthy. (laughs) but it's so fucking funny and so it makes you remember going through that period of your life and think like from an adult perspective of just like how horrific was that so and the second season just came out and i binged it it was so good it, it like the first season was so good i binged the whole thing and i'm like there is no way that it that can get any better and then the second season came out and it was just as tragic just as like it makes you uncomfortable it makes you laugh your ass off it, and it's animated um and they have the so they have these things called hormone monsters where like uh so uh, John Mulaney's character Andrew he's the only one in the beginning of the in the first season who has a hormone monster he's like the first boy that started going through puberty mm-hmm. but Nick Kroll voices the hormone monster and the bo- hormone monster's name is Maurice and he's like oh yeah you know what you should do right now probably he has to go to the bathroom and then go jerk off yeah you should totally go jerk off and like I'm not selling that sounds terrible, but like it's just that kind of stuff. But then Maya Rudolph voices the female hormone monster that all the girls have, basically. Oh. And just like and like it, it it's just so fucking good. I think probably more on the comedic side of uh, versus uh eight because I, I know eighth grade did get pretty serious in some parts right and so
2: there's one yeah kind of like actually harrowing thing the rest of it is like it's comedy but it's it's played very straight but it's organized in such a way that it's just like real life is kind of it's like yeah. a dramedy I guess
0: yeah and, and I, I guess this might fall into that but it's so good I, I totally recommend it just like it, it's good it's tragic it really makes you like and especially being a teacher and have seen kids in this stage of their life did you, because again we've always said like you know the good like good kid adventure movies are the where like it where the kids are swearing all kids talk like that i talked like that when i was in that age like yeah that, yeah that's just what you did because it made you feel like a grown up and so this doesn't this doesn't take any chance or it doesn't hold back it takes chances like that where and because it's adults they are obviously adults voicing this thing they don't try to sound like little kids so they're uh it makes you realize oh they're just people you know um Great show! That would be my palmost pl- pl- pleasure because cool. the second season came out, and you mentioning eighth grade—that's the only reason I brought it up. That's why. No, I didn't.
2: I'm I'm glad you did. Yeah, I'm interested uh, to, to check that out. I I love Maya Rudolph in particular. Um, we recently rewatched Away We Go with her and John Krasinski. It's a delightful little movie. We're watching her and Fred Armisen, and uh, I don't love Fred Armisen to be honest, but uh, it's, a, it's, it's an, an Amazon so. taste. Yeah, it's like I kind of like him, but uh, like at the same. T- I don't know. At time, I don't know. I don't know. We'll qualify that. <laughs> I respect his, his comedic abilities, that's for sure. And there's this one thing in there. Sure. <laughs> it's this character called Fred Asito, I think is how you say it. And um, I love the Wilco documentary, I'm Trying to Break Your Heart. And that shows these series of solo shows that their singer, Jeff Tweedy, did and had Fred Armisen as Fred Asito open for him as this like Oh, that's act. awesome. And then Fred Asito is, in, is interviewing Jeff Tweedy backstage. And it's like this black and white documentary. It feels like they don't look back or some kind of D.A. Baker thing. But in the middle of it is this comic scene what because of Fred Armisen where he's like, he's asking Jeff Tweedy, he's like, is your album uh, available on compact disc? He's like trying to figure out <laughs> to remember if he says compact disc. And then Tweedy's like, yeah. And this is for all our YouTube viewers. Uh, Fred Armisen goes, like this guy, like what a big deal. He's got a CD. Yeah. My favorite yeah. things ever
0: <laughs> um yeah no I, we we've watched some portlandia i think that's a good way yeah, to
2: i can't do that one did you guys get into that i haven't got into it that, that yeah we have, all,
0: uh, like, like we, to we we watch clips of it on youtube that are really funny and we're like we should go back to that show and then we'll go back to it and it's really good uh him and um bill hader did this doc? It's called documentary now.
2: Oh yeah, I've heard of that, but never seen they like,
0: it. That's on Netflix too. i and, and we watched the first, the first one of those, and it's that, it's that weird. I, I mean, if you know Fred armiston he's got that. It's like offbeat, offbeat comedy. It's like yeah, there's no good. pace to his comedy. A lot of times with comedians that are like that, you're like, well, at least they're in on the joke. And so you can at least find humor in that. But I sometimes I'm like, I feel like he's doing some of this stuff and he doesn't even know why it's funny or like, you know, I, I don't know how to explain that. But it's just like, like you can with Bill Murray, you're like, okay, well, Bill Murray's in on the joke. So even if I don't get the joke, I know he's having fun with it. And so then I can have fun with it.
2: Oh sure. Oh, but, yeah, Fred Armisen feels like he plays very often the opposite of that. Like he plays yeah. super straight, but I I think he is Fred yeah. Armisen knows it's funny, but yeah. the character definitely does not.
0: But he's <laughs> playing it so straight, you 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 don't know. And so like we watched the first episode of that documentary now and it's really weird. <laughs> like it's just really weird. It's like a, it's it's like, that it's that same Portlandia brand of comedy.
2: Yeah. Um, but they're like fake documentaries.
0: Yeah, w- that are spoofs of super famous documentaries like Oh, like,
2: and I heard really well done. I think this is probably custom made for me in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So I would check out Big Mouth. I would check out Documentary Now. I I nice. I probably need to give it a better a better shake. Um
2: I think they'd each be a little different too based on the documentary there.
0: Yeah, spoofing. no, they're and that's a, so Like, the first episode is based off of this classic documentary that follows these, like, some of the last aristocrats of New York. And they're these, like, these elderly sisters that are living in this, like, mansion in New York. And they're basically hoarders, and they're shut-ins, and they're, like, completely detached from reality that, like, their wealth is, like, not really existent anymore, and they're, they're not... A status anymore but they still are living like they are but because they never leave their house they never have to face that reality that they're not you know um and it's this it is a really famous documentary that kind of like shows this like i this pers- this perspective of hoarding and dementia and all those in th- aging and all that stuff and they so like Bill Hader and Fred Armisen play those two women, so they're in drag and like, oh, okay. yeah, and like look like Fred Armisen and Bill Hader in dresses, but they're trying <laughs> to play elderly women, like, <laughs> yeah. and uh so it, 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 yeah, I'm I'm sure, I'm sure it's funny. It's just not my kind of funny.
2: But yeah, Big a mouth, lot of though? that is rooted in very, like, awkward stuff that he does. He's, like, more awkward than Ben Stiller in all the Ben Stiller movies where Ben Stiller's the butt of every joke. It's, like, it's really intense, the awkwardness yeah. that you feel for the char- a lot of the characters he plays. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I so it doesn't do... surprise me, no? it, It's hard for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like Michael Scott, but worse.
0: <laughs> oh, so much worse. Um, yeah. So... The but, thing but, I saw
2: him and uh, mentioned, oh, I'm sorry, uh, was it's called Forever. It's a TV series on uh, Amazon. It's him and Maya Rudolph. That okay? It's pretty funny. We haven't finished all of it, and it's got a kind of an interesting co- conceit that I actually don't want to spoil. But. Sorry. So you were saying? No, but seriously,
0: check out Big Mouth though. Really
2: good show. Yeah, I think I will. That that sounds that sounds right up my alley. I love animated
0: stuff. Uh, um, I I'm. I am constantly trying to recreate Saturday morning cartoons. Like, oh,
2: I can certainly go more like, with that.
0: I, I, yeah. I, I will get up on a Saturday morning sometimes, and it's like all I want to do is watch something animated. Oh,
2: that's you know? lovely. Yeah, I, I realize that animation is not. I couldn't tell you the last day I watched one episode of Rick and Morty, uh, and I want to get back to that. But it, I don't have the. It is a little bit of a barrier for me. I realize the bride is completely against it. I, I like it. I just. I don't know why I don't, but I I love that idea of going to it like Saturday morning cartoons because I loved Saturday morning cartoons. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And so it's like Saturday morning cartoons, but I'm a grown up now and now there's grown up cartoons. So like Rick and Morty or um, Robot Chicken is a great one. (laughs) You know, uh, Big Mouth was good for on for a Saturday morning. But I'll do kids cartoons, too. Like, I'll I'll watch the Batman animated series. That's coming thing. out on,
2: on Blu-ray. And uh, I'm thinking... <clears> the whole collection's <laughs> on Amazon Prime. You can watch the whole thing. Whoa. Okay. That'll do for the short term.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, big mouth, though. Uh, but uh, sometimes I'll do kids stuff where I'll find... On YouTube, there's, like, people that have pieced together... Like, four-hour-long Looney Tunes compilations where it's just, like... Oh, nice. Classic Looney Tune cartoons. I love those. Love, love, love
2: them. Um Yeah, I was thinking of... I don't know where I saw it recently, but, like, I was seeing Daffy Duck. And, so, and I was like, that's so fun. Like, where are those characters? Like, I, I miss them.
0: <laughs> PC culture killed them, man.
2: Oh, I guess. Which... Yeah. I, I mean... That they're
0: pretty, good and bad. Like, Like, (laughs) there are things that I think PC culture is good for, and then there's some things where it's just like it's a fucking cartoon,
2: man. Like, you know,
0: just let it let it alone. But what can you do?
2: I remember Uh, uh, thinking about these old cartoons. Uh, I found it on YouTube. I will have to dig it up because I haven't actually looked at it. But there are a few. I loved Halloween specials. Um, Oh yeah. And they used to air, the, there was a few in the 80s that I was able to find, from the 80s that I was able to find on YouTube that I was like, oh, I'm so glad these are somewhere. And I remember one of them, it was like, is Disney Presents and it presented a, it was mostly like kind of music videos or like they, the one I remember best, the song they used was Evil Woman, like evil woman. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was all like clips from Disney movies. They're all strung together somehow, but there are a couple of these that I looked up uh, so many years ago.
0: Mr. Boogity Boogity Boo, did you remember him?
2: Oh, I don't know if I remember that one. The Ichabod, the Ichabod Crane, the what's that? Legend yeah. Of the Sleepy Hollow, that cartoon, and I think there were clips from that in this Monster Mash, I'm sure, which we did a funny rendition, fun rendition of at the end of last episode. I was cracking up watching that. I think I put it. I might have put it at the end somewhere. But I was like, I was doing this weird dance. Like I don't dance well to begin with, but I was doing this. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, did you find it, Mister?
0: Mister Bugatti, oh, I think.
2: Bugatti. Oh, that does that sounds a little more familiar for some reason.
0: Is a 1986 made-for-television family film, a failed pilot directed by Oz Scott and. Uh Hanover, which originally aired as an episode of the Disney Sunday Movie.
2: Oh, the Disney Sunday Movie! I bet maybe that was. I wonder. I'll have to, I'll have to look those up. The because I downloaded them because I do that because YouTube give us and YouTube take it the way as we know as well as anyone. Anyway. Yeah, I'll have
0: to check that out. Um I watched. uh so it's October, and nothing makes me chomp at the bit more for a scary movie than being around Halloween and uh, being married to a completely anti scary movie person <laughs> really makes it hard. Uh, we did. I'm so bad about this, too, where uh, this past weekend I convinced her, I was like, all right, we're going to watch a scary movie. So here's what, Ooh. like here's some scary move that you can that I think you can handle so I was like Blair Witch Project I was like you don't see anything in that you see nothing in it because her whole thing is like no monsters no like she's like I will never watch it she finally told me that like because I've been I've been trying to like slowly push her towards it you know
2: and uh, no I could see that (laughs) (laughs) if uh, if no monsters Pennywise is pretty scary in that yeah and so
0: um, I was like are the burbs I think you could handle oh is that kind of scary it's kind of scary you know they think they are eating people their neighbors are like killing and burying people and everything
2: I've never actually seen that I'm okay I I add that to the list of the (laughs) but she finally she's
0: like let's watch the Blair Witch and I'm like "Ah."
2: (laughs) wait wait what And I was like,
0: "Eh, let's watch an episode of Barry. So that's what we do. That's what we ended up watching. We didn't watch Blair Witch. What's Barry? That uh, the show that Bill Hader made on HBO.
2: Oh, yeah. Where he's the hitman who wants to be an actor.
0: Yeah. I'm interested in that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We're like four or five episodes in. And I finally had to look at it. So Henry Winkler finally won an, uh, an Emmy for his performance in this show. Right. Oh, good. I can say he totally deserves an Emmy. Uh, he really did a great he's doing a great job so far in the show but after the last episode we watched i looked at her and i'm like i'm still waiting for this show to blow me away based on uh, what everybody's been saying about it you know yeah. so i don't know if it maybe it was just overhyped uh and bill i mean bill hater's great it, it just like it just hasn't like it's not what i it, it hasn't hit me the way i was expecting it to hit me so that
2: makes sense for the way you want it to
0: yeah just based on what everybody was saying about it and like you know it was nominated for so many emmys and
2: oh i uh, didn't even realize that i i I, yeah guess those nominations are out but i hadn't paid attention
0: so i don't know it was okay but i think uh we should take a pee break and we then we should come back and just do a massive fucking king corner because we have Yes.
2: A- okay, that's great. I had misplaced my castle few castle rock notes, so I will find those in this break. It's gonna happen, talk, people. <laughs> castle Rock.
0: You started Head <laughs> Cemetery, right? I did, yeah, yeah. Fuck, I wanna hear all about that. I as soon as you told me you were listening to that, I was like, fuck, I need to get that like <laughs> And it's so good. like I, I have it requested on Overdrive and it, like uh, the actual disc version and it, it, there's holds for it. I'm like I'm like seventh in queue to get it. So I'm going to get it right after we're done recording this episode. I know like Overdrive is going to chime in and be like, oh, the version of Pet Cemetery read by uh, by uh, Michael
2: C. Hall yeah, by Dexter. Basically, yeah,
0: <laughs> Michael C. Hall is now available on your phone. You can listen to it anytime now. And I'm like, fuck you like. uh uh, no but we'll talk pet cemetery we have to watch that trailer for the uh because that'll lead into i there is a have you watched
2: the trailer yet? No, because remember, I have so, I have almost zero visual reference culturally for any oh, of Pet yeah. Cemetery. Just that one poster that I would see the video box. So I, I've been reticent to watch the trailer because I'm like, I, I have no idea where any of this There's just this
0: one piece that when I see it after watching Castle Rock, I'm like, that's got to be a connection
2: to Castle Rock. I th- That's the one thing I did. I think it's the still frame of the trailer. Where, where, it's where it's like the, the, the kids with the masks right with
0: the masks yeah yes. yeah
2: so if we can maybe skip the trailer only because that's now the only other like But I can talk about that cuz cuz now that like that is now image 2 <laughs> that I've seen of uh pet yeah. cemetery and, we will uh, have
0: to bring up the box art, the Mark Hamill box art. Yes, like, <laughs> yeah. I I can't believe that both of us spent a period of our life yeah. thinking that was Mark Hamill. Of course it, we did. It looks exactly like a. It looks, looks, it looks, looks like Mark Hamill, fronting like, on Dagobah. Yes, yeah. like floating in the like tank, like all yeah. beat up. That's exactly that
2: yeah yeah. That's oh. kind of the colors of like Dagobah, like when he's there with Yoda, like the blue and the. Yeah. Yeah. When he's like kind no. of wet from I see what you're saying. working yeah, yeah, yeah. out and uh, when I saw it to send it to you recently, I was like, Okay. I mean, obviously it's not exactly Mark Hamill, but I could still see it, the resemblance.
0: But when you're clearly. a kid and you're walking through a video store and you see that, you're like, Is that Luke Skywalker?
2: Right. And yeah. Kid, and you're just like, starting to get your head around the idea that like there are actors and they're in various movies and you could see yeah. them in various movies. And he wasn't in many. Like, they didn't have fucking Corvette summer on the shelf at, you know. No, where was no. that grocery store on South, was it South Main or North, North Main? Mainway Market. Fuck. Mainway Market. Yes. Thank you. That's where I can so clearly picture it. In that.
0: I render movies from Mainway Market so, so often. Yeah,
2: like, yes. yeah, that's. Oh. Uh, and you got? Uh, did you get your creep show yet? Did you get that? Yeah, and, I hadn't opened it. I mean, it's not going to be that amazing, but I am hold I think oh, I'm holding it right here. It came while I was away.
0: Yeah, I was, I was, that's just, a rip off. I so you didn't get, it get it. a chance to watch it yet.
2: No, uh, not yet. But uh, I'll I, I say I will that be, for the
0: next King Corner. Yeah, because yeah. I love Halloween anthology movies like that. Like I creep did
2: watch a uh, Cat's Eye, which is a hand, th- another anthology movie. Actually, this was the first thing that Stephen King ever wrote for the screen.
0: Oh, Cat's really? Eye. Yeah. Did you like uh, that?
2: I did like it, yeah. And I was familiar with the stories. Um, uh, I haven't listened to the commentary yet, but I wanted to. And that's what, my one correction for break I'll give is that I said it was directed by the same person in the last episode that directed Firestarter, which is not true. It was directed by the same person who directed Cujo, uh, Lewis Teague. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, but but it has Drew Barrymore... That. Yeah. Yeah, Which and is produced by Dino De Laurentiis, which is, yeah. Those are all Firestarter stuff. But yeah, so let's take a short break and then hop into a king size king corner.
0: Yeah, let's do that.
1: Honey, come on over here, sugar buns.
0: This machine just called me an asshole.
2: It's so funny. Like, we've been talking about talking about Castle Rock
0: forever. (laughs) I know. And, like, now (laughs) I I actually have the... I know. I have the Wikipedia page up just to, to like, remind me... This will be good because then we won't just do a breakdown of every episode. We can just, like, talk about the show in general and uh, fucking how awesome Sissy Spacek is in it.
2: Oh, yeah. Yes, she was (laughs) amazing. Everyone is amazing. Everyone... Yeah. I mean I can't I, I don't I have zero complaints about the show Castle Rock. I really loved like everything about it. Uh except for the creators' voices bugged me. But they <laughs> but even that it's oh, so yeah, amazing it's- that you can I can be so familiar with them because there's a podcast with a half hour episode devoted to each of their episodes and like unraveling. Can we just
0: talk about the beauty of a half hour long podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I, every time I'm just like, how are they going to do this in half an hour? And somehow they get they cram so much, yeah,
2: in that half hour. Well, it's very produced. Like they have segments and stuff yeah. like that. It's like you know, yeah. that takes a lot of infrastructure. But it's also a completely different thing, uh, yeah. than than what we do. But it is like that is the only half hour podcast I listen to. I also listen to a podcast about uh, Better Call Saul. That that a, if there's an episode for each of that's like the sequel prequel to Breaking Bad. Yeah. Which is an amazing show and an incredible podcast where I've le- where you learn a lot about like filmmaking and the ins and outs of it, um, specific stuff. It's that's a very cool thing. They struggle to keep that one under an hour, um, yeah, because it is basically a conversation, and they they have they're <laughs> hosted, funnily enough, by the editors of the show. And awesome the editors edit the podcast, and sometimes they they struggle. But yeah, the Castle Rock podcast footnote is magnificent. That I, yep. I know we mentioned it last time, but this will be a kind of our po- our Castle and Rock. And I would
0: recommend if you so first off, you can only get Castle Rock uh through Hulu. Yes. If you have Hulu. Oh, okay. So uh that already is going to like narrow this down to a handful of people of our listeners probably that will be able to he- actually okay. see this show. Um but I would highly recommend if you're going to go down this this rabbit hole uh, which, if you're a Stephen King fan, there's no like it's totally worth the thirty day trial of Hulu at least,
2: oh yeah, to just
0: watch this show um and Rick and Morty because you can see all three seasons of Rick and Morty on it, which I binged and is like crams, you're right, it's fantastic, it's amazing. uh anyways, I would highly recommend watching an episode. And then listening to its half-hour podcast, I we would binge multiple episodes, and then I would try to listen to those. The podcasts are are because they're so well produced; they're structured in a way that they should be episode podcast, episode podcast, episode podcast. Yeah, not,
2: they're careful not to give things away. And, yeah, um, and 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 it is
0: almost infuriating how little they actually talk about on the podcast because you want answers and they're like talking about their favorite scenes and talking. They have interviews with actors and actresses and um, they, he, I love the minute thing where he, they like the, he, the last (laughs) minute with their creators, he will just rattle off questions and they don't answer anything. In any of those, I don't think they gave (laughs) any substantial answers. Like they stall, they do all like, and so I could see if you were getting that experience where if you were watching an episode and then listening to that, you it would really be good a good like literal footnote, which is the name of the podcast. Uh, Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: a footnote to that episode. Um, I'm kind of I think when season two comes out because they release this on Hulu episode by episode they they didn't release the full season i think the first three yeah, episodes came right. out at once yeah and then and you then could
2: watch one a week which is what the bride week. and i did it was like our friday night thing we watched yeah. castle rock together it was really fun
0: um and we got the last episode or the last episode or two like that we binged all the way up to then and then um caught the last couple of episodes as they were released uh
2: and Just think, super. Oh, I'm so sorry. The the, no, the go one ahead. I was going to read the one line thing from IMDb just in case <laughs> no, you know, because a that. lot of people won't be able to see this necessarily. But uh, the one line description of the show um, from uh, IMDb is Castle Rock is based on this based on the stories of Stephen King. This the series will intertwine characters and themes from the fictional town of Castle Rock, which yeah. they don't say, but it's in generally New England where most of King's books are set. So sorry, you were going to say.
0: Oh no! Which he, I mean, because he has. So and we've touched on this before. We've talked about Castle Rock before. There's a portion of the Dead Zone. Oh, that takes place oh. in, in. uh, That was almost an Andrew Dice Clayo.
1: I know. Yeah. <laughs> <And> they, <laughs>
0: the fucking <laughs> Dead Zone, Hickory Dickory <laughs> uh but a portion of the dead zone takes place in castle rock cujo takes place in castle rock yeah, that we talked yeah. about recently And those
2: two things loom very large over the <clears throat> over the town guess,
0: yeah um they have show. not expressly said frank dodd's name oh but yeah there is a there's a line where one of the main character says i I live in I live in the same house that um, a strangler lived in, and I don't have any problems because she's a realtor trying to sell houses in this <laughs> town that is like, like scarred by all of these tragic events that have happened. Um, and there's even a couple. Well, right now on IMDb, there's the trailer, and it's uh, the clip, or the the screen cap on the trailer is a news clipping that says rabid dog tears through and there's the thumb covering up the rest of the headline, but that's a reference to Cujo. uh, One of the main, one of the, one of the supporting characters, her name is Jackie Torrent or Torrens. And and she said, my uncle like killed his, like was in Colorado and ax murdered his family or tried to ax murder his family. And uh, she's like, and I'm, I'm so desperate for something like that to happen. Like I took his name, and so she's related to Jack Torrance from The Shining. Uh, I'm trying to think other some other obvious connections.
2: I was just, what if we watched the trailer together, just uh, to jog our memories? Because it has been. A oh moment. yeah, no, we can do that. Um, so I just clicked right. one on one. I'm gonna share the link with you. I don't know if it's. Yeah, this yeah is the we'll best. put
0: one the link watch. in the thing, yeah. and then we'll. will uh, i I'll. I'll
2: broadcast Uh, it just to uh, oh yeah that'd be great I don't know if it's I don't think any of them are super well narrated but again I don't really know but I could just use the refresher of seeing some of the faces and stuff myself
1: young man who are you What's your name? We got no records of you. How'd you get inside this prison? Who put you down that hole? What brings you home? I got a call from Shawshank. I found a kid in the cage. Call from who? Don't know yet. As it begun, there's a place where lovers go to cry their troubles away. And they call it, people say, Lonesome Town. Every inch of this town where the broken heart stay is stained with someone's sin. I always thought the devil was just a metaphor God help me, I did I'm telling you there is something wrong with that kid
2: Now you have no idea what's happening here, do you? I can learn to forget. Yes, that was a uh, premiere on July 25th, 2018. Yeah. when I turned 39. That was, uh, I do remember that for my birthday. We watched uh, the first two episodes of this show. So what, um, as a long time, Time King fan, and then and the one of us most likely to catch the most Easter eggs. Like, what are some of the main things that caught you about uh the series? Um, so Shawshank, yeah, oh, l- it, yeah, a- so just I'm sorry, I this, just like me to ask a question, then jump in. But seeing the trailer made me think we should say a little bit more. So, basically, there's a, a prisoner that shows up in Shawshank that they don't know how he got there. He seems to have been there for a long time. He asked for someone named Henry Deaver, who turns out to be a kid that grew up in that town, who's been a death penalty, who's been a, like a lawyer representing people on death row for a long time. He comes back to the town, and there's some confusion. A lot of it then turns out to be how this guy in the prison knew who Henry Deaver was and what their relationship is to each other So, yes. in this haunted town. So, yeah. Sorry. You were going to say, so how did, yeah. How did it hit you as like a long time King fan, the show? So, well, there, I mean, there's multiple facets to it. So there's all the like obvious
0: King um, universe references. So Castle Rock is one of the fictitious towns in, in Maine that um, Stephen King has created to help protect The actual towns that he's referencing. Uh, Derry being another one. Castle Rock. um, I think there's a third one. I forget what the third one is. Uh, But. Shawshank. um, I mean, just that trailer. Juniper Hill is the crazy. like, Is the insane asylum that everybody like. Juniper Hill's referenced in it. It's referenced in a ton of his books. Shawshank, uh, that's where people go to prison. If it, it, regardless of where it takes place in Maine, that's where people go is is to Shawshank. Um, all of the, you know, the 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 Jack Torrance connection scene where the old um, warden is flipping through all those clippings. They're all references to Stephen King's work. Yeah. Then you have like Alan Pangborn, who is this who is a really, he, he's very prominent in needful things. He's the sheriff of Castle County in needful things. I believe he might be a deputy in Cujo. Like he's, he's just referenced in Cujo. Mm -hmm. And then in Castle Rock, he's a main character. Uh, He's this old broke down police officer uh, played by,
2: um, scott glenn scott glenn yeah fucking amazing he's like a he's he's in the yeah scott glenn as an older man is pretty cool yeah yeah. sure he looks and sounds well he sounds like sam Elliott a little he looks a little bit like lily tomlin like he if he doesn't play lily tomlin's brother in the next five years i'm gonna be sad because they look too much alike
0: yeah he, he just like
2: but he's just such a hard
0: ass he like he's he's one of those like scrappy old men where you're just like yeah oh, he's fuck thin that guy right like,
2: he's like wiry but yeah, yeah. He like he uh and he, ap-
0: actually in that one episode of footnote where they interview him yeah he, he like he is actually a deputy in right. like, the, like where <laughs> he
2: lives and like <laughs> but it doesn't sound, it sound like doesn't... in like the steven seagal kind of way where he's no. like <laughs> no no like a legit like deputy yeah, <laughs> yeah. It sounds like he's <laughs> like, out there helping out yeah, fires uh, and shit. Yeah, which is awesome. <laughs> um
0: and then you have like the connections like so they brought Sissy they got Sissy Spacek to come play this like major character who was in yeah. the first what the film adaptation of the first work like she played Carrie in right. the first version of Carrie which was the first book that Stephen King published. Um so you have those connections
2: it's great to she see. Didn't get, she didn't get nominated for an Emmy for this because she should have. I don't think so. Of, but of Ruth, uh, Ruth. Man. Dieter. She's out, out of this world. Great. And that so the episode, good. the Queen like, in particular. It's, it's
0: jarring how good her character is. Like yeah. it, it, for a movie or for a television show that's made for a streaming service, it is a you get performances out of some of these people. That just blow you away. And hers being the top. I, I That episode, The Queen, yeah. where you finally get to see. I I still don't know. Does she have dementia? Or is it just her hopping these timelines that are fucking with her? Oh,
2: you know what I mean? Wow. Like, I never thought of it like that. Yeah. So she has uh, Alzheimer's or dementia or something. And so she doesn't. And that, that, the reference to the queen, one of the, her coping devices when she got together with Pangborn is that they would have these chess pieces, these ornate chess pieces strewn throughout the house. And that when she would come across one, then she would realize, oh, it's not, you know, 20 years ago. It's, it's, it gave it's her tilding. a reference of yeah. like, this is happening. But then in the later episode,
0: she's on the bridge again yeah and yeah Mo-
2: is it molly is that her name uh yeah, the real estate agent who has a strong psychic connection comes to like gaming.
0: comes to save her and says something and like it jars her out of that where she's like well that's the first time you've said that
1: yeah and, yeah, and you're like
0: that was crazy. holy fuck has she really been traveling to all these different times and like
2: yeah it's and interesting the way that, that she talks about that the time traveling. I mean, Jacko would talk of, about that a little bit. like he's like this kind of thing where you're you can kind of time travel. He would talk about it through like being with his nephew suddenly he's back. but he has other ideas. Jacko's got drawings. <laughs> but uh, it's a really uh, interesting way to think of dementia. Yeah, because it makes it sound like that that sli- sli- sliding in and out of different times in history in your own history being so fluid. Yeah, it actually makes some sense too to where you're saying I'm not so sure she has dementia as she's just well, what's that thing they call it? they call it in the, the show schism schism or schism or they isn't there like an remember th- you're so, talking
0: are you talking about the sound
1: no nah, like the- not
2: the sound but the uh, where her her grandson Henry Deaver's kid is playing a game and he's like you're like it's not a time jumper but he gives it. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking
0: about. It's Uh, like a character in that game.
2: Yeah. And someone who can jump in and out of this or that. It's like, Oh, I'm kind of like one of those. It's a really well-crafted show in that regard to where it blends like Stephen King novels do like great character studies with sort of supernatural backdrops. This is a terrific mystery too. I absolutely, absolutely.
0: Well, and I still, and, and I mean, if if you saw that trailer, you saw JJ Abrams is, is attached to this and in true jj abrams fashion for every question that gets answered five more get asked um yeah. and the kid shows up
2: uh, they call him the kid i learned from the podcast in a box <laughs> in yeah a way, in a, a, a box, box yeah yep. which i did finally watch that that <laughs> oh video. did you
0: what did you think of that like, i mean i
2: i enjoyed it i can now now i can't quite remember anything specific from it um i think i represented well from, i hope i represent yeah it I, well. I think i like, took more over time, I've taken more from what you have imparted from it. than, then maybe I, like your, your retelling is sort of better than his for me. At oh, this nice. point. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but it is a great thing. Yeah. To where there's a lot of, it keeps your brain occupied both while you're watching it after like the week in between. And we're uh, back even to Castle Rock,
0: not the G.J. Abrams. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. But it, I think it built on some of those principles of the mystery box that you haven't opened.
0: Yeah, and, um, so I still like one of my one of the hanging questions between Ash and I is how long. I hate calling him Black Henry and 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 White Henry, right? Oh, right, but yeah. Like, yeah. How long did Henry A. like that's how that's how we refer to him? So,
2: like, Or
0: okay, yeah. young Henry. How long did he spend in that alternate universe cage?
2: Do you mean the Bill Skarsgård version?
0: No, 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 Black Henry. The, let's uh, just so say Andre Holland. Yeah, uh, Andre How, Holland. because so, so this all centers around this character comes back. Henry Deaver
2: comes back to Castle Rock. He's the lawyer I mentioned. Yeah,
0: yeah, and he's kind of a a, a black Jesus, a black sheep of the town.
2: Yeah. Um, well, whatever. maybe that maybe somehow that is sort of intentional. But he's a, he's yeah. an African American character who is yeah. a, we we understood to be adopted by Sissy SpaceX character and Sissy Spacek, S- Sissy Sissy Spacek S- her, and this uh, deceased preacher. Yeah, her husband.
0: And you find out over time that he had disappeared for eleven days in the middle of the winter, and Alan Payneborn is the one who found him. And admits them looking for his son. That's when the father was found at the bottom of a cliff and then ultimately succumbed, what they believe, succumbed to his injuries and yeah. died uh, three days later. And then Henry Deaver, young Henry Deaver, was found after be- missing for 11 days. And no, he has no frostbite. This is main Winners. No frostbite, no nothing. So there's no, they think that he hoaxed this disappearance uh, to get attention and or that maybe he is the one that pushed his father off that cliff and then because they didn't get along. And so uh, you come to find out again, like true JJ Abrams, there are alternate, timelines i love that episode too where it goes to the alternate version of castle rock and like everything's great you know right like yeah the
2: one beautiful. where uh bill skarsgård like, is henry deaver
0: is henry deaver yeah. like this grown-up henry deaver
2: which is so crazy cool too because when he bill skarsgård's character which obviously or yeah sure obviously for, at least for listeners of this show brilliantly played pennywise in the recent adaptation of it um so he he is this full grown man that the we come to call a kid who they discover in a cage in the in the bowels of Shawshank prison once the warden um who retires and then promptly kills himself by tying a rope to his neck from a tree and then driving in a car off a cliff. <laughs> and, <fucking God. laughs> who was played by Terry
0: O'Quinn. Yeah, Locke himself. John John Locke <laughs> yeah. from Lost. Uh yeah. Great, which thankfully you get King to see him in other episodes. Like yeah. I'm like, oh my god! Enough, like though. how can you get rid of Locke? Like yeah. in the first ten minutes of this show.
2: Yeah, um, that tells you what you're dealing with. But then the kid, so that this kid appears, uh, who's been, or the, this this person, <laughs> and uh, and they ask, I don't remember. What do they ask him? They ask him a question or like, what's your name or something. The and only he says thing Henry he, Deaver. The only thing he says first said. is Henry Deaver, which you think up until like the middle of the series. He's calling for this lawyer who is this like kid who grew up that we were talking about playing by Andre Holland, uh, who comes back to the town and stuff. But at some point they basically flip the script and, and posit that you think up until
0: up until like halfway through the season that he's been calling for Andrew Holland's character, uh Henry who is named Henry Deaver, but you find out when they go to this alternate reality, he is so in in African American Henry, I'm gonna call Henry A, and the kid is Henry B. Yeah. So you find out in Henry A's reality, which is the like shitty version of Castle Rock, like every like they keep coming back to over and over and over again, this town is poisoned. There's something yeah. wrong with this town. So Henry A is African American Henry, and Henry B is the kid. And so Henry A is from this the terrible version of castle rock that all the shitty stuff happens also where Terry O'Quinn commits suicide and they find Henry B or the kid in a cage. And you come to find out he is in that cage for 21 years and didn't age. He looked exactly the same. You find out that Alan Pangborn caught Terry O'Quinn with the kid in his trunk. And he somehow can, while he's still sheriff, yeah. Alan Pangborn is still sheriff. <laughs> Terry O'Quinn is still the the like warden of Shawshank, and he convinces him, "I caught the devil." Like there's this great monologue that that uh, Scott Glenn gives. Or he says, like, I used to believe the devil was just a metaphor. But <laughs> maybe he says it in that trailer. He starts it. But, like, that's basically what Terry O'Quinn's character tells him to convince him. I actually caught the devil. This is why Castle Rock is so bad. And God told me what to do to fix this town. So that's why you need to let me go. And he's so convincing that as sheriff of Castle County, Alan Payneborn lets him leave with that kid in the trunk tied up. And so you find out about uh, like three quarters of the way or halfway through the season that that the kid did exist in an alternate version of Castle Rock where none of that terrible stuff happened. Like it's, the town is flourishing, it's thriving. That's another theme of the show is like, the dead small town. Like there's two thirds of all the storefronts in Castle Rock are boarded up from Henry A's reality. When you go to Henry B's, like they're all, all flourishing. It's like this flourishing downtown and it's in the middle of the fair, but you find out that Henry B is the dead in Henry A's version of Castle Rock, Sissy Spacek and her husband had a baby that died. And he was the uh, the adopted son to replace that. Like w- they don't say that, but to replace that lost baby,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Henry B. In his version of Castle Rock, is that baby that never died, or supposed to be right? Yeah, yeah. So in amidst Henry A. Disappearing for those eleven days, he actually. For those 11 days, you find out he goes to Henry B.'s version of Castle Rock, where the father, Sissy Spacek, had ran off with Alan Payneborn, like made all these different choices that you find out. Like, Oh, man. It's like what she
2: wanted. Like she wanted at the time, like the, the father, the pastor, Henry Deaver's father was, I mean, he was a abusive to the kid but he was also like kind of crazy like he was abusive to the kid and then he kept he dragging had a him brain out. tumor at some yes. that,
0: that's how they explained it is he yeah. had a brain tumor at some point and they thought that that was causing him to go crazy yeah because they couldn't take the brain tumor out but he was like cleared of cancer or
2: whatever yeah oh man and it's so a weird like maze of things too because in that one episode whether there's the queen maybe where they're try- he was trying to make he she was seeing him in various versions of the past slash present. And he was like trying to make her seem like she was the crazy one, but it's kind of conceivable that he could have been the crazy one. Yeah. It's hard to talk about, but it's, it's brilliantly
0: executed. Oh, it's so it's really well done, but it, it just, one of the major questions. So Henry a goes over to that alternate version of castle rock where the, the, that crazy preacher father is not dead. He didn't die in 1991. He had constructed his own cage that he was directed by God or the schism or uh, schism or something like that. Yeah. Schism sounds right. Which is this voice that the sound that they hear in the woods. And that's where you find out that he had in, in Henry a's version of castle rock, he had kept his dad kept making him go into the woods to see if he heard this sound
2: yeah yeah which he he perceived to be the voice of god yes and so which also the
0: warden heard and perceived as the voice of god yeah to make his cage to put henry b in well the preacher father (laughs) made his own cage in the house that sissy spacek was living in in the other version of Castle Rock and if you're not fucking confused by now you just hold fucking on because I'm going to confuse the shit out of you Jesus
2: it's amazing that I've seen this show I can't keep it straight go on (laughs) you got it ride the slave ride the evil tide of Castle Rock
0: (laughs) but the question is is like so I'm I say to myself Henry A only spent 11 days in that cage oh But I don't think he did now. I think he spent 21 years in that cage or a sizable amount of time because they didn't find him in that alternate version of Castle Rock. He like, remember he had to keep sunglasses on because his eyes hurt so bad and like being in a basement for 11 days wouldn't make
2: you do that. This is Henry A. As a young kid.
0: Oh, Remember, they find him in William Deaver's basement. Oh,
2: yes. In a yeah. cage
0: in the alternate version of Castle Rock. And so, in the real version of Castle Rock, his version, he was only gone for 11 days, but I think he spent a long time in that cage.
2: Yeah. I always sort of, I never caught on to the 11 days part. I think I always sort of thought that the whole thing was switched. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure how i
0: <laughs> i also don't think that i i also don't think that that so that's how henry b gets pulled into the real version of castle rock is they go into the woods and young black henry and bill scarsgard henry from his own version of castle rock, go into the woods and they get sucked into the real version of castle rock. Right. Like the, and I think in that crossover, he's not, he's not Henry Deaver B anymore. Like, I think something came over, came came through with him. You see
2: that, that thing, that sort of visage that's not his.
0: Yeah. And he knows too many things and like, I I really feel like in that scene when he's really kind of tormenting Sissy Spacek, like it's just him and like it's the kid. I'll go back oh, to calling him the kid now. You
2: think it's Matthew Deaver, like the ghost yeah, of Matthew Deaver, yeah. the, the pastor? Or, That's kind of what I thought. I was trying to figure out in that when they do show like a couple frames of him like screaming out at Henry A. Um, and you see this other kind of face. Like is that just like a withered face of his own, or is that Matthew Dealer's yeah. face, or is it something else?
0: Uh, there's <laughs> a fan theory that I really like that 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 he is Pennywise. That's why they have Bill Skarsgård playing him.
2: Yeah, yeah, just like that evil, uh, eternal and, evil yeah. <laughs> coming up in these various yeah.
0: passages. Um, and uh, there's if you watch his eyes through the show, they change colors just like Pennywise's eyes do. Oh, and, and uh, there's a couple times where they kind of go off kilter like Pennywise's eyes do. Yeah. Um, the biggest selling point though, was that uh, Pennywise comes back every 27 years. And so oh. Castle Rock starts in 1991 and then picks back up. He reappears in 2018, which is 29. 20- seven years oh uh,
2: that i like a lot oh so, that's fun
0: uh th- that's a great video to watch uh it's like 10 minutes long where she this this woman the in this video essay breaks down like why she's like yeah this is this is why the kid <laughs> is Pennywise. cool yeah we'll, uh,
2: we'll tweet that out I i'm interested in that one so um great fucking show great performances uh does it feel like a? It feels like sufficiently Stephen King esque for you, even though he didn't. I, it
0: does. Create? I I really think it does. Yeah, and and it it. I mean, granted, it really helps. He gave it a glowing endorsement. Um, yeah, yeah.
2: I don't know how much uh, at all he was involved. I mean, his name's kind of on it, but
0: well, and it's based on his characters. He had to sign off the rights to use some of that shit, right? Like,
2: yeah, I'm sure to see what, um, what if any credit he has 10 yeah it's like they give him a writing credit in each of them but I don't think it's you know obviously it's not anything he wrote out for the right. show but yeah right. and, and he, he gave that that tweet that we mentioned too to where it's like just forget about looking for easter eggs it's a great show on its own merits which yeah, I just I let it be agree. its own
0: show like that was his big thing like just let it be its own thing and the, you know of course there's going to be easter eggs you haven't you haven't seen it yet, but like some of the Shawshank Easter eggs, it's ridiculous. Like it's
2: oh yeah, I I I made that choice with the Pet Cemetery. I was like you know, because the next in line for chronology for me would be the different seasons short story collection that you got me in the Shawshank Redemption is the first in that. Um, the body on which Stand by Me is based, which I haven't seen, uh, is in there too. Like I can watch a movie for each of those short stories, but I was like none of those are really horror films to my understanding so i was like it's halloween let's jump to the next horror novel i did with pet cemetery Uh,
0: man is that that a horror novel jesus that's what i
2: understand yeah like i'm in that first and i'm really enjoying it i'm like well audiobook first two hours so (laughs) of a 15 hour book and it's it's like that stephen king Thing of like laying the groundwork of getting you to to know and care about the characters and the and the situation before you get into anything supernatural and visualize
0: everything. He wants you to yeah, be yeah. in where this is happening. So like, yeah. So you know when a character's running somewhere, you're running down that with them. Like, was,
2: oh, I, that's, I,
0: yeah. I can I see that where that's coming. He spends like mapping things out explicitly. Like,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: So. Uh, fuck, man, that, that fucking story. It's a great fucking show. It's worth. It's totally worth. So you have Rick and Morty, you have Castle Rock, you have um, eleven twenty two sixty three. Um, they did a. I I think that's a mini series, but they adapted that. That's another Stephen King work that's on Hulu. Handmaid's Tale. All of those things I think are totally worth. Do I mean we're not getting anything from Hulu, but just sign yeah. up for the trial and just like
1: yeah.
0: binge. I mean, you you could do Castle Rock in a weekend probably if you yeah. wanted to. Yeah, it's uh, you know? ten
2: episodes, right? They've got yeah. great um little behind the scenes things. Both the footnote podcast, I think we mentioned this at our last podcast, but both the footnote podcast and the Hulu app have this kind of primer thing for the show that is about basically haunted New England as it manifests itself in stephen king's books really nicely done uh piece on its own, and then for each of the episodes you got both the castle Rock free castle Rock footnote podcast you can find where you get podcasts um or and or like they're all less than five minutes like in behind the episodes, sort of yeah. like d v d extras on hulu it was a real it's really fun i can't I can't recommend it yeah. Enough. And a, and, I, and
0: as a Stephen King fan, um I was totally happy with it. It's there wasn't anything where I'm just like I can't believe they did that. You know, like um it was Castle great. Rock Rock canon
2: now perhaps? Like
0: I guess, but, right? There's not uh, other uh, like maybe um I, if anything I I well, if anything there's room for it in Stephen King's universe and uh Yeah,
2: this is this like a moment the, the Definitely first? know
0: what I'm talking about.
2: Oh, okay, yeah, but I'm wondering, like, is this maybe the first of something we might see more of, to where people are adding to this extended universe in a way that is accepted and embraced in oh, the whole yes. canon? See, you or? know
0: what? That's a great. That's a great concept. Um, Stephen King is 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 getting very wizened in his years, right? And uh, he's been he's been threatening retirement for the last twenty of his years you know i I didn't realize that (laughs) whoa well one of the major reasons is i mean he is essentially blind his eyesight is continually deteriorating he um know that either can barely see the like uh, the computer screen and uh stuff like that i think he dictates a lot of stuff now maybe i might be making that up i probably am uh anyways uh it it is a giant massive universe that this one single man has spent the better part of 40 years building. Right. And it only makes sense that now we're, we're starting to see people contribute to that universe. Um, and I think that if it's going to survive beyond Stephen King, that needs to happen. Um, and I think that some of the rules that he's established of that universe allow for any of these to exist on their own without being a detriment to the universe as a whole. Uh, so, but I liked it. I mean, yeah, you me too. Very good, very well done. I actually think that the main character is my least favorite character in the oh, whole. Oh, really? Thing. <laughs> yeah, Henry A. <laughs> Henry A. Yeah, um, Andre Holland, uh, and I don't know what I just can't emotionally connect to him. I could connect to his son. I could connect to the young version of him. There was just something about his performance I just could not buy into. Um, which is maybe it's just that. I might, be <laughs> it might be intentional it might be intentional it very well might be um I just could not get into it his like
2: he doesn't know himself that character it's yeah, interesting, like a lot of it plays on the like people's yeah. understanding of their own past and whose story is to be believed. I hadn't thought about it till you mentioned that, but i I bet our feelings towards him as a main character are informed by that
0: that he doesn't even know himself, yeah. Yeah, there's big parts
2: of him, his past and stuff that he doesn't remember, and he kind of he put his present is like, you know, kind of Sisyphean. Is that right? Like that pushing a boulder up a hill, like where he's basically defending. He's like, all my clients are dead because he represents people on death row. Right. Um. In Texas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, who wants that job? Like Like someone who hates themselves, obviously. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) um which he might hate himself because he killed his dad but he doesn't necessarily even know for sure. Yeah, right. that's interesting what you said about not connecting with him cuz i bet it plays into some of that. Yeah, it's a really interesting show that asks a lot of its audience but in a fun way. Like i don't I'm not always up for that. And i <laughs> but uh i enjoyed it with this. It's like it's one of those things where it's okay to not understand what's going on cuz you feel like that's how you're supposed to feel. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, But the whole thing as a whole, like all of it as a whole, is amazing.
2: Yeah. And it really is a whole. It's like for people that talk about listening to uh, audiobooks and stuff, like you take it a little bit at it. At least I do. That's how I experience audiobooks. I experience them about an hour at a time.
0: (laughs) Well, and and in true Stephen King fashion, he is the main character, but he's just like one small piece of everything else that's going on in this show. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the main arc of like, that's pushing everything else forward. But like there's two episodes that they spend on characters that are only in those two episodes, the Airbnb couple, you know, like they're,
2: that's so cool. Yeah. yeah,
0: And it's so offbeat compared to the rest of the show. And just like, and yeah. And so, I mean, it's, it's this, he, his story arc is the, driving force that lets you explore this town and all these other weird things um, happening.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it, it's good. So, it really is, yeah, yeah. But um, um, what about other, were there other king things you wanted to talk about? You were talking about a big king corner, or do you, I know we got no, it. It we just, a scary we, we story.
0: Just, we just been fucking talking about Castle Rock for like three oh, episodes, yeah. and then we finally talked about it, and we gave it like, 20 minutes
2: it's hard because it's so big unless you're gonna go like episode by episode
0: it's so funny too because and we watched it we both watched it like two months ago you know yeah i watched it like as it came out
2: and then you binged it all at once and i think we are putting it off because we were putting so much on it but and i guess we could talk about it forever but that's all right (laughs) no it was just
0: really good i don't have any other king stuff just because i haven't i mean i'm caught up right now and uh I'm anxious to get Pet Cemetery. I like. I think that's what I need to start doing now. Is like going back to some of these staples and like really going through them again and like giving them a, a second listen. Pet Cemetery
2: being one. Um, yeah, if they give you a good reason enough to like check it out. I mean, I yeah. I'm a fan. I would love hearing Michael C Hall, which I hope I hope is right. <laughs> uh, read Pet Cemetery really reminds me of how much I enjoyed Dexter, and how I, and then I was like, "Oh yeah, De- Dexter is based on a uh, series of books, Dexter Darkly, I think." It's like I I need to hear Michael C. All like read because Dexter is a lot of voiceover too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but he's he's been great so far. I mean, they haven't got into anything too dramatic yet, uh, but I've really enjoyed it. Uh, I took one page of notes on Cat's Eye, which I wanted to blow through. Oh not, yeah, Let's, not, not big. No, page. I
0: would love to hear about because uh, I have not I. It might have been the 90s was the last time I saw that movie.
2: Yeah, it's it's. I don't think... It's it's easy for me to understand why it isn't one that's talked about more. <laughs> Though Roger Ebert, at the time, I'm looking at the, the Blu-ray box, he called it a Superior Twilight Zone-style anthology. Came out in 1985. Um, as I mentioned, it's directed by the same uh, director of Cujo, uh, Louis Teague. I, th- I feel like Cujo came out in 1985, if that's possible. Wow. Um, I'm not sure, but... That's how I came to it actually in the commentary for cujo he was talking about this other experience he had working with Stephen King, and so I'll just blow like line by line so Stephen King's cat this it's called stephen King's cat cat's eye as yep. the title um it's King's first script um the in the in the opening scene, Cujo chases a cat <laughs> past like a car that's obviously supposed to be christine. It's the most like it's pretty interesting to see now, because it's completely filled with Stephen King Easter eggs, even as they existed at the time. Yeah. Um, so the there's three short stories in this ninety minute movie, um, mostly pulled from uh, Night Shift, his first collection of short stories. So Quitters Inc. is the first one, starring James Woods, um, and then at some point James Woods is what his character is watching the dead zone movie on TV.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. He actually kind
2: of calls attention to it. Like he, it it informs his story somehow. He kind of says something based on what he sees. Can you give me a brief synopsis of Quitters Inc. Quitters Inc. Basically is a story where a guy wants to quit smoking and goes to a place called Quitters Inc. to, to, to have some help with that. But what turns out to be their thing is that they get you to sign something and then like the first time you so they have people watching the first time you smoke they 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 bring in like a loved one of yours and basically not electrocute them to death but they put him in this room where they're electrocuting the the, they're electrically charging the floor and people are jumping around and and getting terrified and then the next time they do something worse to this person and it just keeps it's it's terrible which of course the person who's going in for help wouldn't necessarily know um but, uh so that was interesting <laughs> uh and it's funny, like um, I made a note the I'll be watching you covers plays well, so James woods's characters knows he's being watched by this organization and he's getting scared, and it's nineteen eighty five and like I said, it's like they're just like Stephen King, the screenwriter, is jam packed this thing with like cujo mm-hmm. with uh. All of his previous works, like somehow wrapped up into this anthology work where it it's tied together with a cat. And then the cat comes into play in the final story. Andrew Barrymore as a character who yeah. was recently at that time in Firestarter. So it's very self referential to begin with. And then in the movie, like they're playing the police song, like, I'll be watching you. <laughs> it's because <laughs> James Woods' character is freaking out. And then it comes into play later in another story, that same song it's covered. It's not the actual police version, but Um, the second segment is an adaptation of the short story, the ledge where there's like a bet that if a guy can, I think, I think like a mobster or something catches a guy like fooling around with his wife. And then he's like, I'll let you off the hook. If you can go around the perimeter of this building on this ledge, I I, that's, that's pretty much it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Then the third segment, I don't think is a, an adaptation of anything. I think it's like kind of new for
0: this. It's just, he wrote this just for this movie. Yeah.
2: (laughs) It's definitely the worst part of the movie. (laughs) Um, There's like this weird vocalization. You see this moving POV again in my notes. I thought it was Cujo. Like it was literally Cujo, probably even the same dog when you see it at the beginning of the, of the story. And, uh, so I thought that's who it was, but it was like this strange, like,
1: <laughs> yeah, this is like yeah.
2: POV voice. And you're like, why is Cujo talking like that? And then I thought, no, I thought it was the cat. You're seeing the cat again. Oh my God. And it runs past the the wife in this story who was reading a hardback of Pet Cemetery, which is funny for me because oh, I had yeah. just ordered the hardback that day. <laughs> um, hasn't come yet, but I'm looking forward to it. Got it for like 11 bucks. Happy about that. Nice. Uh, the So the, point Of view shot turned out to be <laughs> a creepy troll like thing in a dirty jester getup, <laughs>
0: yeah, like a goblin or a-, like
2: a goblin, yeah, who's super tiny and comes out of the, the wall in Drew Barrymore's uh bedroom. Drew Barrymore is this like t- not toddler, she's like a I don't know, like seven or something, and uh, she wants this cat that they find in the neighborhood, but the mother thinks the cat. Is causing like kills this canary or whatever, this bird that the kid has. But, but really it's this, this goblin coming out of the, out of the wall. The special effects range from like, Oh, how like that's one kind of, of those better. Shape, He's
0: got one of these shaped blades, oh, yeah. like one of those wavy blades, right?
2: Yes, he does. Which basically looks like a star Wars action figure. Uh, <laughs> Blade. Yeah. Because that's the size of this goblin thing. Um, but anyway, so that part of it's not great. Seeing the first two stories turned into that I was familiar with turned into like sc- screen versions was fun. It was fun, the idea that Stephen King wrote it and he put all these Easter eggs in. And it's fun knowing that like the following year, he's going to write for the screen again and make maximum overdrive. And <laughs> <laughs> direct. Yeah, you can start to see where he's like getting the bug and where it's maybe not the best use of his talents, but all the same is very fun. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, the last one is, uh, oh, it has a good trailer. Oh, yeah. Let's watch the trailer if I can find it quick. I made note of that because it has all these fun things, and it was well narrated. Sorry. And then we'll. Yeah, let me. Uh, um, Cats. Yeah. I you too. It says kind of all the fun things, uh, but it's like only a 90-second trailer. Okay. All right. I found it here. I'll share with you. Whoopsie-daisy. You don't need to rewatch this movie, but you should enjoy the trailer. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> That's probably enough, you know, for
0: Well, I said I'm a big I'm a big anthology fan. I love in especially anthology horror movies. Like both creep shows I really like. Uh this I remember liking this when I was younger. Uh Tales from the Dark Side are yeah, really good. You were
2: mentioning that last time, which I, I hadn't heard that one talked about, so uh... Um, Well, so now I'm intrigued. There's like
0: a 70s version of Tales from the Crypt, which is an anthology movie. And then I loved the HBO Tales from the Crypt show, which was an anthology horror series. Like they would do little half-hour horror movies. I I definitely remember those. They would have like
2: kind of cameos from people.
0: Yep. Yep. Uh, Uh, So did you get this trailer? Yeah, I got it. I got it up. Hang on. Let me... um, Share my screen. I watch on
2: the on the blue. I'm I'm excited to hear the commentary for this, but I haven't listened to it yet. All right, let's see what we get here.
0: Stephen King, your favorite novelist and master of modern horror, has written his first motion picture
1: screenplay. It combines all the elements of his creative imagination. Lovable pets. Classic cars, quiet
0: evenings, favorite films,
1: Kill the son of it. <laughs> Good idea. Adorable kids. Help me. It's after me. And of course, a monster for two. Experience a series of electrifying adventures as seen through Stephen King's Cat's Eyes. Where's your sense of
0: humor? Stephen King's Cat's Eye
2: Yeah, there you go, and that's the oh my the last goodness. my last note about the thing was the music was super cheesy. The movie is yeah. super good, and the music is cheesy in a way that's not like '80s awesome, but actually kind of bad. <laughs> Until the closing credit songs has this cheesy music, and then there starts to be singing, and it and it is says "cat's eye," doesn't fucking it? Fucking says "cat's eye." It's I this incredible, that's like that's ludicrous song. I mean, when (laughs) they they get round to the course and say "cats," I was just I was so turned around. I was like, "This is fantastic!" Because I had recently watched, um, and I finished and read, and we hadn't really talked about it. But it's not a horror movie, so it's not worth getting into it. Running Man. And oh, yeah. And has a great closing song, too. They don't say the Running Man. But, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but this, I was not prepared for it. Because it's like, it's a ways into the song. You think they're just going to roll out and score music. And then suddenly yeah. this guy Ray Stevens starts singing about what seems to be uh-huh. a song about a relationship. And it's like, you caught me in your cat's eye. Oh, it's so great. <laughs>
0: That's so awesome.
2: So I can't give it like a glowing recommendation, but I'm definitely glad that I did take the time to watch it. And my next my next king stop is this. I've got it two weeks early. Creep show uh, oh, from Shout Factory. so good. He speaks very... It's and there he is. There's, there's
0: a chubby special Stephen special. King right on the cover.
2: Yeah. I've actually heard this movie talked about a lot in the last yeah. couple of weeks. It's one of those things where it's like, I guess because I'm thinking about it, it's everywhere.
0: Yeah, oh, white car syndrome. Book? Yeah, yeah. I need to see if that's on any of the streaming services because I like. I remember really enjoying that when I when I watched it. I'm pretty confident that Tales from the Dark Side is on Amazon Prime, uh, for free to stream if you have Amazon Prime.
2: We do, yeah. Tales uh, from the Dark Side. So okay. I would.
0: I uh, the cover of that. Uh, you would know the cover art, I'm sure. Yeah, I feel uh, like I
2: would. Uh, from work is like Prime. Working in a video store time. Oh, which we were going to talk about the Pet Cemetery cover. Did we talk about that on Mike? No. Uh, I'll share that. That's we didn't. I thought maybe we did, but but definitely Pet Cemetery. As a kid, I thought the the poster for that that is the video box art was Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker.
0: Um, open image in a new tab.
2: Did you find it? The
0: The Tales from the Dark Side. Dark Side. So here, let me chat that to you first.
2: There's that, oh yeah, oh, wait, maybe I don't, no, this is not what I was picturing, this is way more eighties than I, yeah, was oh, yeah, I wonder, I must be thinking something else. this was not prime video store time for me, this, no, this might be all new, that's even better,, and, and
0: I remember the first time I saw that I rented it from mainway, uh oh, nice, yeah,
2: that's been one of the most fun, it's like it it has coincided, you and I starting this podcast, my Stephen King starting that at the beginning where you'd been at it for years, but it's like, it's been this whole <laughs> line so amazingly with like your stranger things and all this kind of cycle of 20 years, 30 yep. years of, of nostalgia um, where I, I just missed all this. Like I completely, I was absorbed in other things <laughs> like Jean-Claude Van Damme and probably the universal monsters or something to where I'm, my my cultural knowledge of the Stephen King sort of impact was it was just a little bit too mature for what I was allowed to yeah digest I was I was permitted much more like action movie type stuff than this horror movie type thing so I've been able to like revisit the stuff with both fresh eyes but like a familiarity for the the period and in culture and movies that I'm very happy to revisit so it's been really cool but like all of this is new to me. All this uh, stuff, it's been
0: well, and you have to remember too. Like, I my mom loved scary movies and hated watching them alone, and so I got to see a lot of this stuff. I get, and so then it got to the point where I got to just watch any scary movie I wanted, even if she didn't want to watch it, you know. Um, and so where John claude Van Damme was your bread and butter. Like mine was was Freddy and Jason.
2: You right, know? Yeah. Yeah. Which I did not experience at all. <laughs> right. And then catching up slowly <laughs> on uh, those two things.
0: And I kind of didn't experience like 80s action. Of course I saw things like Predator which I heard that new one is just absolute garbage. Like a steaming pile oh. of
2: garbage. Oh, that's unfortunate. It is unfortunate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like... I I have started multiple reviews, which, and it's only because I was like, yeah, I'm probably not going to see that in the theater. And then I started to hear, see headlines about how much it was garbage. And every review that I've, I've, I've watched like two or three video reviews on YouTube of it just to like, see, like maybe if these fans, like I'm watching like fan, like people who have great channels that are devoted to like these are awesome movies from the eighties and nineties and stuff like that. And then they talk about this movie and just, they have nothing redeeming to say about it. Like, like, so, uh, so I, I, I mean, I did see some action. There were some action things that I would watch. Uh, and that, that were mainstream in that era, but it was mainly horrors and horror movies and comedies. Like that's what, that's what I grew up on, you know? So... You,
2: I th- We were talking about... Because I definitely want to end or or be sure to get in another anthology uh, kind of tie in with the scary stories. But we were talking about scary movies in general. And uh, do, do you have a kind of like, these would be my top five, top ten kind of... Oh, man. Can do, do that? I can't I do that. I,
0: could, I don't think I could do it. I don't I
2: think... Did a, I did it in 2006, and I haven't looked at it. <laughs> so with... It, and I don't have uh, well. It was, it was scary stuff. It, it's so hard because it's like I
0: want to base it on the merit of how it scares me, and it only really oh, scares sure. you the first time, right? Yeah, a- and then uh, and then what scares you changes. Like when I was a kid, Freddy and Jason scared me. I watch those movies now, and they're they're more comical than they are anything else to me a uh, quiet place terrifies the shit out of me. Oh, you know? Oh yeah. Like, sure. Uh
2: Well, fuck being out at that fall break this weekend, there was one night where we heard a big noise and I was like I was already freaked the fuck out cuz I haven't seen Mandy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, oh god. It's the psychedelic bikers on the hill. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the what what scares you definitely changes. And that changes. Body. So it's it, I mean,
0: like Blair Witch project this was one of the reasons too why I didn't watch Blair Witch with with Ash is cuz it's like that was such a pivotal movie for me and for like us and I cuz I remember that like it just inundated our us like me and you mm-hmm. and um I remember seeing that was one of the first movies other than can't hardly wait that I remember I, I saw it as many times as I could in the theater and I, and I gauged my experiences like where I would pick show times where it would be light outside when I went into the theater, but dark when I came out and then like we went and saw it at a drive-in because I wanted to go see it outside, like being outside and watching it. And, uh, and it scared the fucking shit out of me. But I know now if I watched it, I think it would be a little cringy. To be mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? Like, um, Six Sense I think would be on that list. That movie is fucking. Ter- I don't care who you are. That movie's terrifying. Uh, yeah, it would be hard. It's funny you brought that up because I'm like, you know, I want, I want this, I want. To experience the um, scary movies, and I want twenty-eight days later would definitely be on that oh, list. Yeah. That one's terrifying.
2: Yeah. Uh, maybe I could do it. Maybe I could. You could maybe tweet something closer to the episode. I I had just thought about. I could never do this easily, but I had this document that I had brought up in one of our first episodes. I don't know. I guess yeah. I show it, but I made it for the bride when we were first getting together. Um, this so I have this thing favorites for the bride by David Allman, February 7th, 2006. No attempt at rank is made. Genres are alphabetized and selections within are organized chronologi- chronologically. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, you know, I'll cover her name and uh, show you this. You can see it on the YouTube. It's like a title page <laughs> in a report, like a, in a folder. You're not covering like, your
0: name at all, by the way.
2: Oh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> I tried to, but... <laughs> But it's like a title page, and at the bottom is this disclaimer. Yeah, but I'm almost uh, the editor owns, or parentheses, once has owned a copy or all copies of all titles, excluding entries marked with an asterisk, which may simply indicate a purchase not yet made. Oh, jeez. All, syn- <laughs> all synopses are excerpted from Amazon.com in the Internet Movie Database. Actually, I based that criteria of having to own the copy on Palmer's picks because I remember. Oh yeah. I remember that's what you said at the time, like how to decide whether or not you would make it one was like, would I want to own this? (laughs) So I I took that to heart.
0: Yeah, no, that I, and I can see, I could still justify that, I guess. Um, I'm kind of, as much as you're, as as much as you're still like fighting for media, (laughs) I'm part of me is like anti media, just uh, uh, on the idea of, I would I I want, I just want access to it. It's yeah. the media is neither here nor there if I can still just have access to it some way, you know. Yeah, I, don't I, do same, I, I don't get that same I don't get that same if I got the experience that you get of like holding something and like looking at the box art and I and I know I, I'm not I I definitely don't think that that's a shortcoming of yours. It's just I don't I I could give or take the media, if I knew I could just watch it anytime I wanted to watch it. Because I, I, I I just get the urge to see something, and that's when I want to see it. It's not uh, that I need to have the collection of it there or anything like that. So sometimes
2: for me, like it's almost the opposite. Like just to see it on the shelf is enough. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah. And Um, I realized recently because we've been kind of thinking about, you know. We're slowly working our way towards getting a different house and living somewhere else. And I was, I realized in the last two weeks, I was like, I really want to have a library. Like something we call the library. There's yeah. nothing else in that room but all the media that exists in this house. Yeah. It's kind of spread out. I realized that would make me incredibly happy. And then I was joking about making car catalogs. <laughs> <laughs> Which may or may not happen. <laughs> it will this, happen <laughs> probably it, it may or Eventually, may not know yeah. it will happen yeah i have this uh i have yeah oh it, that's so overwhelming i got other stuff to do but so but i didn't so I, I thought i'd just read these because i think it is a top 10 i made it with these crazy criteria with the bride and uh we don't need to get into these but i just thought to be because i don't know what they are off the top of my head so i was just going okay. read them off yeah all right they're not numbered but okay so there's a category for everything there's a category for jcbd movies yeah (laughs) my top 10 jcbd movies not for this day but okay so the and then i had stuff like midnight matinee i really bent the categories to be able to talk about a lot of different movies but these are the ones i designated specifically as horror okay chronologically (laughs) nosferatu both 1922 and 1979 Directed okay. respectively by F. W. Murnau and Werner Herzog. Uh, stand by that. I probably stand by all these. I'm sure. Frankenstein, <laughs> 1931 and 1994. Directed re- so look at me like I found ways to make it already. It's twelve. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so true. Directed by James Whale and re- Kenneth Branagh respectively. The Wolf Man, 1941. Hell yeah. The Exorcist, 1973. Only, only the original, not the version you've never seen. They fucked with it too much. An American Werewolf in London, 1981, directed by John Landis. Yeah, that's a comedy to me. That one I scared can... the living shit out of me when I saw it in my teens. Like the you know. way it is funny, but like the the way that that monster you kind of don't see it, and when it does jump on like Jack in the woods, and it's like yeah, it's it's very like a jump scare. It's like Grr! and then like he's yeah. like, Jesus Christ get his throat ripped out yeah. scared me for real yeah. when i saw it in seventh grade
0: but that's like one scene and then but then like his best friend <laughs> his best the, all the stuff with his best friend and like all the dying rotting corpses of like the yeah. victims that like follow him around like all oh, that's funny it's all like it, totally a comedy to me yeah
2: that, i could totally say that though it scares me more than it's funny to me even yeah. now like when the when he hit that Transformational scene where he's like Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah, that shit is back. that shit is fucking so scary. scary like, all
2: of it. Yeah, <laughs> that movie. Yeah, it's very it's very fun and it, it occupied a special place in my imagination as a kid because one of my very favorite things as a kid was the thriller VHS that you could get. I got it from Giant Eagle all the time. Um, maybe Mainway Mainway Market is that what we said? Mainway. Yeah, possibly there too. Um, but I they're love remaking
0: that. A lot. that. Uh, American For Werewolf in Oh in American London.
2: Werewolf in London,
0: and I think that is that Leonard Maltin did he direct that Oh John John Landis John Landis like sorry. Yeah sorry Jesus
2: <laughs> They look the same
0: They do look the same <laughs> uh, I, I believe it's John Landis's son is directing it
2: Oh that's fun I'd be totally into that
0: So but, um, I I could be pulling all that out of my ass No
2: that seems like a so. thing I want to be true. <laughs>
0: yeah so
2: so that 1981 1987 Hellraiser um, I'd say I love that Uh, I saw that movie because in the original liner notes to pretty hate machine Trent Reznor thanks Clive Barker and uh, and Prince among other people who inspired him but he I remember seeing an interview with him on MTV where he's like what I some of what I'd like to do next is score work I'd love to like do stuff like the first Hellraiser movie it's, wow, uh, it's funny the the things that 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 guy mentioned in that interview is basically what he would do with his career. He mentioned that and he liked to do like a female-fronted band stuff that he did, but like took him another like twenty plus years to yeah. actually realize. <laughs> um, Hellraiser
0: is fucking terrifying.
2: Yeah, that's- I mean that's the famous uh, line from the trailer for that. It's Stephen King saying, "I have seen the future of horror." Yeah, his name is Clive Barker. Yeah, that first oh, that terrible. first Hellraiser yeah. and. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, 1992, Bram Stoker's Dracula. I like that quite a lot. Excuse me. Uh, directed by Francis Ford Coppola. 1994, Interview with the Vampire. <laughs> Maybe not super scary, but still... No. Stand by like of that. <laughs> 1999, Blair Witch Project. Yep. Fucking A. And then finally in 2002, 28 Days Later. Directed by Daniel... Oh, Campo. nice. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure what would... I mean... Off the top of my head, things that would enter that, which it's definitely not what actually scares me, but just like things I think of as horror that I like. Dawn of the Dead entered that for me yeah. in the last like ten years. As as a movie I really, really like. Like a real I, comfort film for me.
0: I think if I could separate there. this is the horror like this is my top five or ten horror movies, and these are my top five or ten horror movies that scared the shit out of me yeah those would movies. those would be like different categories i think you know yeah that there makes sense horror movies that i love that don't necessarily scare me you know um,
2: yeah 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 same here and then yeah, movies, movies that then scare me but i
0: don't think are really good horror movies they just they just ping something in me that scare the shit out of me yeah,
2: this uh, like a few of those are this good scary se-
0: to this is a good segue to uh I, I decided I wanted to watch, I wanted to go back and, um, I mean, there's, a, of course, there's a ton of shit that I haven't seen from the 80s and, and 90s, but I wanted to, there's a movie that has come, it has come up multiple times on horror lists, uh, as being really good and like a good modern take on the Dracula story and, uh, and it finally came back on Amazon Prime. It's Life Force. Have you heard of that, uh, Toby? No, I Ho- haven't. So Toby, Toby Hooper. Hooper directed it, um, and it's a it it it's basically like space
2: vampires. That
1: <laughs> so
0: <laughs> now like so sci-fi franchise awful.
2: goes to die.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so it's like. Um, sci-fi always will have a soft spot in my heart and, and then horror on top of that. And it took me like four or five sittings to try to get through this movie and just like the practical effects are amazing. Uh, Toby Hooper does a, a really good job directing it, but it just doesn't, it just doesn't hit me. I, and I think that's part of some of these, some of these pieces is like, you have to have that. It, it's, it, you need that nostalgia aspect for some of them to be able to look past their age. You yeah. Know? yeah. And I didn't have that with this. So it was really hard for me to do like, uh, did you say what year?
2: 1985. 85. Eva. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah there's a lot of last year where I felt like I was in watching everything from 1985. I made this list of like yeah. how many things I was consuming that had to do with it. And that. it's yeah, a, a it's stage. a Haley's Comet movie,
0: so like we've talked ah. about that before like where there was this whole slew of of horror movies and sci-fi movies that came out around Haley's Comet because it came Haley's I forget when we looked it up, but I think it was right around 1985.
2: Yeah. I had a sweatshirt, I remember. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: uh And I remember that being like the buzz of the day, right? Like that was whatever it was going to do. And, uh, it just something about, there was like, there were all these pieces that it should have worked. Awesome practical effects. You have Toby Hooper directing, you have a great cast. They do. There are really good correlations to the original Dracula story in it. Um, god damn it just I just could not get into it it just like <laughs> didn't scare me at all obviously uh i mean i'm a grown-up so it's really hard for something about space vampires to scare me <laughs> uh, um but it did it didn't even yeah it just didn't work for me didn't work
2: uh oh so, that's a bummer it is a bummer have you in in this kind of Halloween season? Have you started yet? Like Have there been horror movies that you have either rewatched or or seen fresh? You're like, oh, that was a good
0: one. Um,
2: I, like I saw Hereditary, it was pretty good. No, I need to see that, and I've heard that's
0: I've heard it's great. It's, uh, it's
2: pretty cool. It's definitely worth seeing.
0: Um, what horror one just came out recent? Oh, Mandy yeah that was yeah
2: I mean that I don't know what category that is but there are parts of it that are pretty scary
0: <laughs> yeah um, I haven't I haven't actually had a chance to sit down uh, I I I need to go through the Elvira puppet master uh,
1: oh yeah so, I'm
0: interested in that too yeah so because that puppet master was my jam when I was a kid <laughs> like that that is my JCVD. Like
2: that's amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, where, where it was just like even it, I mean it was like the B version of Freddy and Jason, you know, like. Oh, but it was like I'm
2: thinking the wrong thing. I'm thinking of Phantasm. I, I'm aware of Puppet Master. Oh
0: no. no, and those are great too. Phantasm, yeah, are great. both I, of those are awesome. I had them awesome. mixed
2: up somehow.
0: Puppet Master are literally living puppets that kill people. Like,
2: oh, right. Did you know that one of them it might have been after your puppet master tenure? But uh, one of the in the lineage stars Greg Sestero, who wrote the book about the room, who's in the really, room. yeah. Oh, the, no,
0: I did not know that. Yeah, That's awesome. It's like a
2: French install, not not French, like it, it takes place in France, and so he filmed it in France. And like Tommy Wiseau somehow mysteriously sent him, mysteriously sent him this note when he was in France and they were kind of estranged. He's like, "You're a very special person, Greg." But <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so that yeah, yeah, no, Papa, that's man, awesome. yeah. I'm very interested in that whole Elvira. So, what remind me again where what platform that
0: prime that's on prime on prime um, and it's like
2: a midnight matinee show but they're all yeah available. so she
0: she they're all available i think there's 13 episodes because I think it's called a virus thirteen nights of horror or something like that um
2: yeah that sounds very intriguing to me i like that idea yeah,
0: yeah i can't it's not coming up but it 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 is that it's it, it is definitely in a midnight matinee format but where it's you know it's streaming so they don't have to do commercial breaks where they would normally do like their little sketches or bits in between like they would cut the movie yeah. you know yeah. uh, it's almost like a pop-up video style where she'll just appear on the screen and like do a one-liner that like goes along with something that's happening on the screen
2: oh okay like, so like that not- Gulardi thing or well when we were kids it was son of ghoul right where he yeah he would actually pop up into the into, into the, the film a little bit. Yeah. yeah.
0: And, so that she does that. Um uh fun. so yeah I guess it is that Sunaghoul style but with more cleavage.
2: And, <laughs> and, yeah <laughs> i uh, yeah it's so wild is that it's a distinctly northeast northeastern Ohio thing, right? Like that's where that all originated in Galardi. Yeah. Who, incidentally Gilardi and Sonagul
0: like cool. and then yeah. uh because Sunagul so Goularty was more like Big Chuck Little John style, I think. But yeah. Senegal, he wore those, like I if I'm thinking of the same guy, he yep. dark circular sunglasses, had a goatee and a top hat and a cape. Yeah. And like did more horror style stuff. Yeah. Goulardi yeah. was, I think, more sketches. Like he was like um, like I said, Big Chuck and Little John. And th- there's another one like Big Chuck and Little John was the midnight midnight matinee format, but they came on on Saturday afternoons after Saturday morning. That's car- right.
2: Yeah, Yes.
0: Yes. So well, they it- would show like some cheesy movie, but then do sketches in amidst that. I still can play like it's playing right now in my head that Big Chuck and Little John laugh that like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that
0: like see like fucking a of course. Uh, uh and, and uh. And I remember Magic Malone from 105, Magic 105, oh, used to do it. No, no, he did his an afternoon, like an after-school theater where he would present a show, and his was always oh. sponsored by uh, Garfield Five Two Three Two Three. Yes. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Um,
1: yeah well, of course
2: so. for me frank and Drac. that was i'm pretty sure was that, that
0: northeast ohio too? that was northeast
2: ohio yeah fox when fox was first starting up uh that was one of its uh that's how they were filling time they showed a lot of movies movies on 19 yeah and um it was cheap back then to buy like in the 50s universal put out that kind of universal monster collection real cheap which is how it ended up on a lot of those midnight matinee stuff but um so I'm a huge fan of Frank and Drac, which was basically like the Frankenstein monster and the Dra- and Dracula hosted these monster movies that first started out... It wasn't initially the Universal Monster run, but when I became aware of it was because of that right around probably when 19 had bought that rights in 1988. And that started my love with... I think I saw Monster Squad, was interested then yeah. based on that in, in these characters... And uh, then was able to see these movies through the Frank and Drac Midnight Matinee show, and they would show like Frankenstein, and then the the sequels. would be like Frankenstein February 1988, and then they followed that up with the Wolfman in March. I think Dracula was before that in uh, January. Just last year on YouTube, this I gotta find it, uh, find it before I'll mention at some point before we go and tweet it out. Somebody who is affiliated, who like probably is related to someone involved in the making of that show posted all but the very first pilot episode, like just, just the part, just their parts. Yeah. And so recently I was able to like experience all of that, like on YouTube In this, uh, that's awesome. It was really fun. I can't tell you, like I, when I worked at that cable access center, WCTV that we talk about a lot at one point I did a cable access show that I call WCTV video vault where I basically, I brought in these two kids who were, they did a lot of shows. They were literally kids like middle school kids to host just stuff that I found in organizing their tape library. And, uh, I did an intro that was based on the same pink Floyd, uh, song as there's Frank and Drax. I can't, I can't overestimate Frank and Drax like, uh, presence in my in my psyche and now in two it was basically in 2018 that, that it all showed up 30 years later on youtube yeah and that's so weird that it, i mean
0: we say it must be a northeast ohio thing because those are just the ones that we know of
2: but is the one like that's he he was a big deal in fact yeah. pa- paul Thomas sanderson is his son <laughs> so, oh really yeah Jesus. yeah cleveland television late night horror host known as Goulardi. After whom Anderson later named his production company. Uh, anyway, yeah. But that is
0: a national thing. I mean, because like. Oh sure, yeah. Gremlins, Gremlins two has that like say like they th- that same trope. I. Uh,
2: yeah, it's probably the Goulardi part that that. And I Son love of the Ghoul and all that is basically.
0: I, I love though the idea that there's like the, these regions have their own Big Chuck and Little Johns and yeah. Frank and Drax and yeah. I mean, Elvira obviously isn't from Northeast Ohio. And she did a, a midnight matinee show like that. That's yeah. how, she, you know, oh, yeah. that's where she started the Elvira character, which was based on Vampira, I think. Yes, is the, from the and, Ed
2: Wood days. Yeah, I think, I think Vampyra might have like, <laughs> I could be
0: Well, there that. was Vampira and then there was Morticia Adams and then like this progression. But like Elvira was kind of inspired by all of them together. You know, she yeah. has that like bouffant hair and big boobs and tight dresses and <laughs> yeah. Jesus God, she's sexy.
2: Yeah. She was like a, uh, a dark Dolly, Paul- Dolly Parton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how, it's like she had those bangs and everything. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, oh, um, love that stuff.
0: Yeah, but I would highly recommend that like 13 Nights with Elvira, 13 Nights of Horror with Elvira or something like that. Is, is what it all
2: called? the Puppet Master stuff or it's... Puppet no, Master no, no.
0: Let me see if I... Hang, hang on. Let me see if I can bring it up.
2: Yeah, if that has a trailer, I'd be up for that. Something. Then I got to gotta get you to read this scary story. Send us off into that good night
0: 13 nights of elvira is what it's called let me see if i can so here's the movies that it does cannibal women in the avocado jungle of death
2: <laughs> oh wow who
0: doesn't want to watch that right
2: i'm intrigued
0: uh with a young bill maher in that whoa uh, puppet Master, Demonic Toys, Hobgoblins, Gingerbread Man, Doll Man, Trancers, Oblivion, Shrunken Heads, Hideous, Evil Bong, Seed People, and Night
2: of the Living Dead. Ah, oh, Night of the Living Dead. You can actually, yeah. too, um, watch Night of the Living Dead with Mark Borchert and Mike Shank somewhere on the internet. Oh, from really? So That's many years awesome. ago. Yeah, because they fucked up the copyright of that movie. Yeah, and that's why yeah, everybody yeah. could always, like, just put it out.
0: Let me see if I can. 13 Nights of Elvira on Hulu. This is just, like, a one-minute thing, but let's, oh, my gosh. Like, you feel, like, in this day and age, you feel guilty as a man admitting that you like Elvira, because it's obvious why you like Elvira. <laughs> I don't.
2: I. She's, she's more than in on it and empowered with it, the whole situation. Yep. Yep. <laughs> she's the master of her own destiny. Uh, let me see here.
1: Hello, darling. It is I, the personification of instant gratification. Who are you? That video vixen who brings all the tricks in. I don't follow. Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Oh. Here to tell you about my new 13 episode series coming this Halloween season only on Hulu. Wow. That's right. Stop your screaming. I'm streaming. Ah! I've hacked into some of the worst or th- uh, the best movies. What is she talking about? Cinematic masterpieces like cannibal women in the avocado jungle of death.
2: I'm man enough to face the dangers that lurk in the dark bosom of the jungle.
1: An evil bong with Tommy Chong. You're gonna die, you evil bitch. <laughs> you must be this high to watch. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying these movies are stinkers, because Hula won't let me. No, uh. All hosted by yours, Gurley. It's 13 Nights of Elvira this October only on Hulu. I haven't taken on 13 of 1 since 1981. What's 13 Nights of Elvira only on Hulu? Hello, darling. It is.
0: And it says only on Hulu, but it's not only on Hulu because it's on Amazon Prime.
2: Wow, that looks really fun. Yeah. <laughs>
0: We know what it looks
2: like. <laughs> also, yeah, it was crazy like to watch that, which uh, our YouTube viewers can see. But you, you, my eyes just went literally from her eyes to her breast, to her eyes to her yep. breast, her yep. eyes yep. to her breast. Yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's outrageous. Uh, so
2: she's no spring chicken, too, but she looks fantastic.
0: Oh yeah, she looks great. I mean, she she actually is. I there is an old Tom Waits album that she is on she's the uh, showgirl on in the background on the cover of that album so she has been around i mean oh. for a while and uh yeah she still looks fantastic uh if you you, she a does lot cons, a lot of cons and yeah, stuff
2: yeah yeah well i'm i'm a big fan of the of well, as we, as we all know of kevin smith and the kevin smith sort of universe and comic book men they would often have that was the it's like a ah, I can't remember how many seasons. A lot. Way more than you'd think. A lot of seasons until just recently. Um all hosted in the jane and Silent Bog Secret Stash comic book store in Red Bank, New Jersey, where Kevin Smith's friend from growing up or from his twenties, Walt Flanagan, owns it and um and you see basically a live action version of Clerks in some ways. <laughs> Where him and uh, Brian Johnson and Ming Chen and Mike Zapsek like who all are part of that world, are it, you know it's like it's like Pawn Stars, but in a comic book shop, and some t- oftentimes they would have celebrity guests, and Elvira came through, and they spoke really oh. highly of of her, and uh, I saw her in the last couple of years because of that, and I guess she has like a coffee table book,
0: yeah, Amanda I mean, Peters, I think is her name. Did you already say that?
2: No, no, I didn't. I didn't.
0: Uh, yeah, I didn't uh, and that. she's like a redhead in real life. What? And, yeah. <laughs> um, I just tweeted a picture of the Tom Waits album. Uh,
2: but oh, that's her know. in the
0: background.
2: Uh. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hi. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, let wow, me. Wow, she see looks I... like Susan Sarandon more than anything else. Yeah.
0: I think she started as a showgirl in 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 Vegas, but this is her copy.
2: This is her in real life. Let's pull him back the curtain. I don't know. Oh, oh, that's nice though like that it both looks yeah. like her. oh, that doesn't ruin anything at all, actually. yeah, no, that's cool. Oh, and there's her with her her book there in the corner. I'll put that on the on the show
0: so. oh yeah um so she also has a big pinball connection she has two different pinball oh. machines so our i i admittedly pinball is a very was a very was very misogynistic in the like eighties and nineties uh seventies eighties and nineties and uh she has two tables that are just all it, it does her shtick perfect where it's just like all innuendos um, and double entendres and showing off her best assets and (laughs) uh, all of those things scared stiff actually is my, that's my favorite pinball machine. I, that's my (laughs) dream machine to own one of these days. Um, Great name. Yeah. Uh, But in, in admits in the, in the avenues that I was, that I searched to see what pinball machines are for sale. There was this dream listing that she had two, a brand new Elvira and the party monsters and a brand new Elvira scared stiff still in the boxes. And these machines were made in the like eighties and nineties, like early nineties. And they were being sold by her. And she oh. would like meet the person, and autograph the tables, and then you got to take them. But they were like twenty grand. It was it was like to get both of them. It was like nineteen thousand dollars.
2: Kind of fun. Uh, they had to save both of them.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wah <Wah-wah. laughs> so, uh So, but no, I highly recommend if you want that like like a a a, a, a new midnight matinee. Uh, I would highly recommend it. It's very fun. Uh super fun.
2: Absolutely. Uh, I, I, all right. I'm interested. Um you're gonna send us out with uh well here I just found actually let me go real quick. I'm gonna give a plug to the uh person who posted all the Frank and Drak. Oh it yeah. Is, uh, so and then if you wanna go back to nineteen eighty eight and experience the whole run of Frank and Drak, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, a late night TV program co-hosted by Alan Christopher and Bob Kobay, Kobay, K O K Kokai. Anyway. Search Lovey Dovey Yates on YouTube. L-O-V-E-I-E-D-O-V-E-I-E. Yates. Bless her heart for posting all this. I I actually asked her. She posted one, and then I wrote to her on YouTube, and I was like, this is everything to me. Please post the rest of you, any others you have. I actually requested a couple in particular, and she posted the whole goddamn run. Oh, as a
0: result of your request,
2: that's yeah, awesome. and they don't even. I mean, I think so because they don't even have that many views. But like, I love them enough on my own. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at one of them, 17 views. But so like, couldn't you take those
0: them. then? And because you have those movies. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And like recreate the episode, the full episodes? Like, couldn't
2: you do that? Uh, Of course I could, and I probably will at some point. Yeah. (laughs) What I actually literally, I think, in 2014, I think, oh, man, I have quite the odyssey with this. Like, I didn't used to be as crazy about saving things as I am, but I became that way.
0: Lies. That's lies.
2: Well, yes and no. I taped out, but I I, there's certain things, a handful of things, Frank and Drac, (laughs) Chief Among Them, several others, also, the tapes that I made, my first original like music from 1989, 88, 89, I don't have that stuff. Like At yeah. a certain point, I was embarrassed of them, and I destroyed all these things. It's funny, because it's a little bit in, in the eighth grade movie. <laughs> There's a scene <laughs> like this. Anyway, <laughs> with the eighth grade girl that i still am but i so so now that I, I you know i wanted those things back and so some of them i've been able to get back not the things i made myself of course but um it's these things the, la- the lack of these things that made me the crazy person that i am and so in two so i got rid of my frank and drag th- things around i don't know what age but by middle school so we're talking the span of like three to four years from between the time i got rid of them as a pre-adolescent and to be in like a sixth seventh grader and i chris sparger wherever you are thank god somehow i realized he had taped them and so i taped them from him like an slp to slp shitty shitty copy but he had a little bit more than even i had of like the frankenstein run but that was all wow. i then had for years and then uh in 2000 and then they looked terrible and then i had that mold scare and i had to like clean this tape (laughs) of mold and then i tried to digitize it all and then i did i ripped my frankenstein dvds and using like professional (laughs) software i want (laughs) to say in 2014 created my own dvds just the gigabytes alone is insane (laughs) uh of like that first frankenstein run Anyway, so when it came out... And so I had done that kind of recently. <laughs> so when this, this uh, Lovey W8s posted it last year, I just watched them straight through. Even my crazy, I didn't feel the need to watch. All oh, that wow. That's awesome. But, oh, yeah. This stuff is powerful. Yeah. yeah even if no. it's like a, a, a seldom it, seen dude. show from Northeast it. Ohio. Like, that changed my life. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, we've been going a long time. and We teased early on we reading scary stories to tell in the dark. Pa-pow! Holy shit. Oh, yeah, too. Now, I thought what I had more. Got? I've got this I've got two copies of the very first one. I have the Scholastic edition and then the full-sized. And I didn't even open it. Um, but I recognized so clearly when you showed me last week, like the other one. Like I remember having the second. I don't think I had the third.
0: This but must be the full-size one that you're because mine doesn't say Scholastic. It says Harper, Harper Trophy.
2: Harper Trophy. Yeah. 350. Yeah.
0: And then how many pages is yours? It looks thicker than mine.
2: Well, I doubt it is. <laughs> <good> Hello. One. <laughs>
0: 111 uh, pages? Yep. That's, yes, yeah, sir. Okay. Yep. 111 pages. And so then I have this. I do have. Oh, God. The big eh? toe.
2: I just saw it. <laughs> yeah.
0: The big toe.
2: Isn't that yeah. the, uh... <laughs>
0: yeah, the Peterson thing? Yeah. Um, and this is my second one. So this is yeah. more scary stories to tell in the dark. And this one, I believe, is the Scholastic one. Maybe not, but it's it's smaller. It's it's much. Yep. It's like yeah. a pocket. Yeah,
2: that's and what then, I was able to discern from these two that I have. I bet if Moto's still listening, I bet Moto's got my or our more scary story. And the, there, I look. There's only three of these,
0: and so I have the third one too. Yeah. And this one is the same. It's the same size as the uh, the first one. Nice, maybe slightly bigger. Now, and all of these are, con- are like, packing taped, laminated on the covers. See, like,
2: that's so cool. Because I <laughs> w-
0: was, wanted to be a librarian, so I, like, would protect my books like they did at the library.
2: That's right. Yep. I, uh, I did, too. And I am. And uh, I got. I went further and got the contact paper, though not for these. <clears throat> and as we yeah. discussed earlier today, I will have a library. And I will be the, uh, who's the, an it? I'm, bl- I'm blanking. I'll be, I'll be the mic i'll be the yeah. mic of our group
0: <laughs> um so I, I i looked on a list i didn't reread all these books i looked on a list to see like what what people considered to be the scariest one the scariest story that kept coming up over and over again was from the third one which was oh, called herald here. okay uh which was about a living scarecrow and i read it and it's not that scary right,
2: um uh,
0: so I I, I get because I what depending on how much time we had I was gonna maybe read
2: one from all three of them you know I'm up for whatever you're up for I would so, like to I'd like to set it up and then I'd love to run and peek quick so I can super enjoy it
0: <laughs> Oh okay yeah
2: we can do that so do you do you know which one you want to, yeah will I'll I'll,
0: I'll I'll start with the haunted house which is from the first book Okay it's, it's called the haunted house and I thought it was fitting. If this is oh. the only one we read, it's super fitting because it's a ghost story. It's a legitimate ghost story. Um, it,
2: I got I got all the time in the world. I'm up for whatever you're up for, but we'll start here and I'll follow along on this one.
0: Yeah, um, and in uh, all of these like if you've never read these books, you should just order them. They're great. They're I, I this book has if you can see oh, in my cover me just like. Look, can you see that in the cover? Like, yes,
2: oh, Mrs. Nolt, instead, like, like my Nolt, third grade,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, grade three, Miss Nolt. Um, so I bought this at, at the book fair in third grade. I was
2: reading this book, and like, and uh, I have, I have such fond memories of that stuff. In fact, at that time, I was getting at that book fair my first Frankensteins, and I didn't even yeah. have packing tape, I used scotch tape like to go oh, like so wow. it, so it looks like you know there's like prison bars there's something almost because there's so many pieces of tape across the bar. yeah
0: well that's how this looks because there's the the packing tape is only so much wider so there's still like yeah. four or five of them it takes to get the whole cover oh yeah and
2: I'm, uh I, i'm i'm so glad we're doing this i'm shocked that i haven't written in it oh my god i'm just looking at the uh titles this scared me as a kid. I I loved this collection, well, but the this artwork in it one is, is so evocative.
0: And crazy. Yeah, the artwork is really scary. And this one has like, the first one has like songs in it. And it oh. has really super short stories. It has funny stories. Like the Viper is like, maybe I, that, that one always stuck with me because I like to tell jokes when I was a kid. And the Viper was like the scary story that was a great joke. Great joke. And it's only like one page long. Some of like the, the the haunted house that I'm going to read is like I think it was one of the longer stories. It's like three pages or two and two two and three quarters pages long, if you don't count the picture. But then the picture the, is like super scary and yeah, that.
2: the pictures are so scary and such a big part of the whole thing. So yeah. it's uh, I was looking what the copyright was, expecting it to be the mid 80s, but it's 1981. 81, yeah, yeah, Alan. Yeah. Schwartz for Schwartz. The, the text to uh, you know all adapted and, and from Stephen Full Gamble. Uh, Stephen Gamble did the, the he's still active because that's a huge part of it. His artwork is incredible.
0: Uh, so the text copyright is eighty four on the second one. Oh, and how the dead
2: man danced. Oh my also god. I... Oh man, just look at this one. The this. third
0: one is Babysitter. ninety-one. So
2: uh, high beams, fuck this! I can't. Yeah, either. high beams. That one's scary. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: and in the oh, first one really has. It's like a, I think it has like a tagline of like it's a it's collected from folklore and retold yeah. by Alvin Schwartz. Um, I guess they all kind of say that. So these are all. Uh, that, that's the other thing too is like some of these stories are you've probably heard variations of these stories somewhere yeah. you know
2: yeah i remember um, when i know what you did last summer came out i was like oh this is basically scary stories <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> tell the yeah yeah so let's um, go pee and then we'll come back and i'll read i'll read the haunted house and then I'll, we'll see how we're feeling after that okay right. that sounds spectacular all right awesome
2: thank you i'll be right right back
0: Yet another mutual childhood love that we just found out as nearly forty-year-olds.
2: <laughs> yeah. is this that the haunted house? It. Is that which one?
0: The haunted house on page twenty-nine. Yeah,
2: 29. <laughs> I love that. Follow, <laughs> man. I rem- this is so crazy. Like how much I remember this text. <laughs> like this. And book, I remember like the way reading this. dead it
0: looks. Bed at, like in the dark oh, and like. Fuck!
2: I turned the page. I wasn't ready for turning that page. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that hit me. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. The illustration. I'm going to look this dude up on Twitter. I, w- I hope he's still active. It's a real distinctive style. So
0: they're making. Listen to this. They're making a scary stories to tell in the dark movie that's coming out next year that Guillermo oh. del Toro is producing. Ooh. So, like, he's not directing, he's producing. But it. I can't wait. It's gonna be awesome.
2: Fuck yeah. That's great. Wonder yeah, this whole 80s Renaissance must have uh sparked something. Dude is 75 years old from Des Moines, Iowa.
0: Oh man.
2: Stephen Gammel, American, American illustrator.
0: We should have we should have saw
2: him while we were out there last year. I know. We'll make a pilgrimage this time. Yeah. <laughs> oh
0: my goodness. All right. So this is the yeah. haunted house. Um <clears throat> One time, a preacher went to see if he could put a haunt to rest in his settlement. The house had been haunted for about 10 years. Several people had tried to stay there all night, but they always would get scared out by the haunt. So this preacher took his Bible and went to the house, went on in, built himself a good fire, and lit a lamp, sat there reading the Bible. Then just before midnight, he heard something start up in the cellar, walking back and forth, back and forth. Then it sounded like somebody was trying to scream and got choked off. Then there was a lot of thrashing around and struggling. And finally everything got quiet. The old pi- the old preacher took up his Bible again, but before he could start reading, he heard footsteps coming up the cellar stairs. He sat watching the door to the cellar, and the footsteps kept coming closer and closer. He saw the doorknob turn, and when the door began to open, he jumped up and hollered, What do you want? The door shut back easy like, and there wasn't a sound. The preacher was trembling a little, but he finally opened the Bible and read a while. Then he got up, and laid the book on the chair and went to mending the fire. Then the haunt started walking again, and step, and step, and step up the cellar stairs. The old preacher sat watching the door, saw the doorknob turn and the door open. It looked like a young woman. He backed up and said, who are you, what do you want? The haunt sort of swayed like she didn't know what to do, and she just faded out. The old preacher waited, waited, and when he didn't hear any more noises, he went over and shut the door. He was sweating and trembling all over, but he was a brave man, and he thought he'd be able to see it through. So he turned his chair to where he could watch, and he sat down and waited. It wasn't long before he heard the haunt start up again, slowly.
1: Step. 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 Step.
0: Closer and closer. Step. Step. And it was right at the door. The preacher stood up and he held his Bible out before him. Then the knob slowly turned and the door opened wide. And this time the preacher spoke quiet, like he said, in the name of the father, the son and the Holy ghost, who are you and what do you want? The haunt came right across the room straight to him and took hold of his coat was a young woman about 20 years old her hair was torn and tangled and the flesh was dropping off her face so he could see the bones and part of her teeth she had no eyeballs but there was sort of this blue light way back in her eye sockets and she had no nose to her face then she started talking it sounded like her voice was coming and going and the wind blowing in it she told how her lover had killed her for her money and buried her in the cellar. She said if the preacher would dig up her bones and bury her properly, she could rest. Then she told him to take the end joint of the little finger from her left hand and lay it in the collection plate at church the next meeting. And he'd find out who had murdered her. And she said... If you come back here one more after that, you'll hear the voice, my voice at midnight, and I'll tell you where my money is hid and you can give it to the church. The haunt sobbed like she was tired and sunk down toward the floor and was gone. The preacher found her bones and buried them in the graveyard. The next Sunday, the preacher put the finger bone in the collection plate. And when a certain man happened to touch it, it stuck to his hand. The man jumped up and rubbed and scraped and tore at that bone, trying to get it off. Then he went screaming like he was going crazy. Well, he confessed to that murder and they took him on to jail. After the man was hung, the preacher went back to that house at midnight and the haunts' voice told him to dig up under the hearth rock. He did, and he found a big sack of money. And where the haunt had held on to his coat, the print of those bony fingers was burned right into the cloth. It never did come out.
2: Oh, that's spectacular. That I, I shouldn't be so surprised, but you are a fantastic audiobook reader. <laughs> oh,
0: man, that's such a good one.
2: Oh, yeah. Ooh, that'll do. Oh, the thing. Fuck
0: <laughs> yeah, all like here's uh let me read the Viper because that one's just yes, it's like yeah. one page and it's super is that short. On this one
2: too?
0: Yeah, it, it is in the first one. It's uh this is like the joke one, it's on page seventy-five.
2: 75. Oh yeah, you're very good at this. <laughs> oh <laughs> the ghost with bony fingers.
0: All right. Uh let's see here. A widow lived alone on the top floor of an apartment house. One morning, her telephone rang. Hello, she said. This is the Viper, a man said. I'm coming up. Somebody is fooling around, she thought, and hung up. A half an hour later, the telephone rang again. It was the same man. It's the Viper, he said. I'll be up soon. The widow didn't know what to think, but she was getting frightened. Once more, the telephone rang. Again, it was the Viper. I'm coming up now, he said. She quickly called the police. They said they would be right over. When the doorbell rang, she sighed with relief. They're here, she thought. But when she opened the door, there stood a little old man with a bucket and a cloth. I am the viper, he said. I wish to wash and vipe the windows. <laughs> Third grade me thought that was the height of comedy. Like
2: oh, anybody, I bet the bride would like that. She yeah, anybody that who movie. would listen. <laughs> oh, that's delightful. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna put in a formal request that one of the um Iterations of the cannibalized be an audiobook because that was so good. Oh,
0: yeah, thank you.
2: Oh, yeah, thank you. I
0: love, I fantastic. love, I love reading stuff out loud. Um, I was hoping to have a short story to do, like, do as an audiobook of the cannibalized, but I just hadn't, I haven't, I, I have great ideas, but I haven't, uh, gotten anything down that solid yet but when i do i will read it and that's how i'll oh, share it with you
2: that'd be amazing yeah thanks. yeah you got a gift <laughs> that's really quite something thanks man yeah. all those years listening to all those years <laughs> of frank muller and george <laughs> yeah. goodell
0: and all those great narrators it just like you got to do the voices that's really the trick like you have to be and you have to
2: you gotta act I the whole think- thing your steps were great steps step I felt it it was great yeah
0: (laughs) oh man awesome so
2: I'm glad we did that
0: (laughs) absolutely but we are past my bedtime
2: yeah bedtime stories with Palmer and Dave (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) spin-off right after uh, Wiener -er. Halloweener Halloweener yeah
0: -er Halloweener special um (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's been this was a great episode. I'm glad we finally got to talk about uh Castle Rock. Um, tell some scary stories, talk about like Halloween y stuff. Yeah. So uh I'm
2: funny.
0: looking forward to the, the the crow stuff that you share with us. The next, yeah,
2: I'm looking forward to revisiting that myself. On the thirty first. So
0: <laughs> uh all right, long walkers, let's go through the list before we sign off here. <laughs> yeah. Uh Make sure you're subscribing over on our YouTube page. That's a big one. We're trying to get to our 100 subscribers so we can get our unique YouTube URL. Uh, While you're there, ding the bell so that you get notified every time we do one of these live recordings or when Dave puts out the edited down podcast, which he leaves the video in that goes on the YouTube. Uh, If you're listening to this through one of the other podcasting apps like the iPod or the Apple iPod app, let me try that again. Or the Apple podcast app or Stitcher or Google play music. Uh, you're just getting the odd aud- or, or um, SoundCloud. You're just getting the audio. Uh, he leaves all the video in though on the, what goes on the YouTube channel. So um, you can get us on any of those things by searching long, long, short drink uh, head over to our Twitter page at LWSD pod Uh, Follow us there where you'll get notified of all the fun haps that are going on there. (coughs) Um, Head over to slash LWSD to sign up for your free audiobook trial. Listen to Michael C. Hall reading Pet Cemetery. Yeah. um,
2: Very good so far.
0: Or uh, uh, it read by Stephen Weber, which is like one of the best. Good Halloween ones. That is up there in the top five easily really best good. audiobooks ever um god that talk about a performer that guy yeah. that guy does the voices let me tell you like
2: good that stuff epic yeah yeah that can't be oversold
0: yeah I, i'm i'm really excited for you to get to the fourth dark tower book because that, that that is my i think the best audiobook ever in uh, different down seasons down Oh, oh, sorry,
2: yeah. but different seasons is the next would have been in my chronology that I skipped, but I did download the book first, and um, it's, oh, it's Frank, Frank Muller, yeah. yeah. So that will be actually my first Frank Muller book at all. Yeah. Oh, and that's the awesome. First story I'll hear read is the Rita Hayworth and the That'll be a new Frank angle
0: for us stuff. to d- discuss too, on top of like the Stephen King. Yeah. Stuff. Display. Well, now
2: I've heard you read. I uh, <laughs> I can't wait till we can someday say, like, uh, on audibletrial.com as read by Palmer, whatever. Oh, you yeah. Like, you got a future, my friend. Uh,
0: did I hit all of them? I yeah. think so. I yeah. Think yeah. So
2: good. Head <laughs> so, so over well-read. to uh,
0: twitch.tv. Uh, yeah. uh, twitch.tv and uh, search for Rocky, Rocky Mountain AM and see yeah. Twinkie's Twitch stream. Uh, He does that. Uh, on Tuesdays, yeah. midnight Eastern Time, 11, uh, 11 p.m. Central, 10 p.m. Mountain Time. Um, check that out or catch up on him. He will post those after he does them as well. So you can just watch them. That's how oh, I Does he
2: post them on his Twitter? Or no,
0: they're he? on the Twitch. They're on his oh, Twitch. Yeah. You okay. can go I'll back. To check
2: follow. out last night's.
0: So, uh, But check that out as well uh other than that thanks long walkers we appreciate you for the long haul dave i appreciate you buddy
2: i appreciate you sir thank you so much for for reading to us and uh yeah no problem no problem maybe
0: uh maybe when i get that uh that cannibalized short story done oh yeah anything Fuck it, you can
2: read the phone book to me
0: (laughs) (laughs) awesome all right man love you buddy uh, I love you too. To our one viewer moto, I'm sure that's you. Thanks for thanks for staying with us. And uh we will catch you on the flip side. Have a good one.
2: Alright, cheers long walker. Well
0: happy Halloween. Yeah, happy Halloween.
1: Yeah, happy Halloween.